Okay, so you two actually missed our last episode on elves. I was here with, I believe it was Brad and Dan. It was um, Brad, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was the question mark was not Brad, it was Dan. I remember Brad was talking Dan about it. Yes, he yeah, so, um, But I just want to go over really quickly because we're talking about even more sub-races on elves. So this is the sequel to the one that we dropped, I guess, seven episodes ago. So I want to go over really quickly the elf traits because even the Drow and Shatterkai and Aladrin that we're covering today uh, will have these as well as their sub-race features. So uh, you get an ability score increase of your dexterity increases by two. Your age is anywhere between like 100 and 750 years old. Uh, you're not immortal, but you freaking might as well be. I think the only thing that's that lives longer than you are undead and dragons, I guess. Like, there's not much. Can I ask one thing real quick as well? Yeah. When, as, they, as elves get older, is it like when, we, you know, when like some humans get to like 90 and you're just kind of dragging it out, waiting to die, it might go to 92. Is it like the last 150 years? Are they like pissing themselves and stuff and they've got Alzheimer's and things? Or do they just no, drop off real quick? No, no, no. I think that they're, they're perf they are perfect. Yeah. Their entire lives until the day they die. However, I think they've seen it all and they just become like Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets. They just sit up in their tree and be like, and just, just sass everybody walking by yeah. underneath. Yeah. Just be like, oh, you're, in my day, that wasn't a haircut. Blah, 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 blah. And that, that's a, those are elves. Though. No, they become Keebler elves. That's what it is. They, oh, okay. Yeah, basically. Okay, so back to it. Your medium size, your base speed is 30 feet. You get dark vision because fuck everything does in 5th edition. Um, <laughs> except, for, except for the obvious ones that need it. <laughs> except for things like like Dragonborn, which you think would probably be. Or, or, or Tritons. Who have all of this underwater depth? <laughs> you know, I'm still it's, mad about it's that. Can't see, can't see in my own home. <laughs> um, you got keen senses, which means you have a proficiency in the perception skill. You got fey uh, ancestry, which means you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and being put to sleep magically. Uh, you don't need to sleep. Instead, you meditate for four hours a day, and you're semi-conscious for it. That does not mean you need a four-hour-long rest. It means that during your eight-hour-long rest, you transfer four hours semi-conscious mm -hmm. instead of requiring eight hours of sleep. Yeah. So there is a funny little wording there, and I think a lot of people get that wrong. Um, you can speak, write, and read common and elvish. Uh, elvish is really intricate as a language, and it's very beautiful. They get all the like romantic languages. And then you get your sub-race stuff. And uh, we've talked about... High Elves, Wood Elves, and Sea Elves on the previous episode. So if anyone's listening to this and hasn't heard that one yet, go back and do that. But until then, here we are with our sequel, <laughs> Elves Part 2, I guess. Woo! Part 2. Hot Shots Part 2. Good movie. Oh, Lord. Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast with your DMs, Adam, Terry, and Megan. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic Podcast, the Roundtable Dungeon Dra Oh my goodness. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Oh, it's been shit. a while. There we go. Yeah. Man. Man, and I was... What, is it your first day? I was beefing. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was beefing Megan last me time. shit last time. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling, Joel. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic Podcast, the Roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I am Terry. I have returned. And with me, as always, is Adam. And with me now most of the time is Megan. And today we're talking about... Elves Part 2, the subclasses you haven't heard yet. <laughs> We're just going to leave you dangling there. <laughs> you, 
You know, I really like elves. When I started off the last episode just kind of lukewarm on them. Yeah. And as the more we discussed them, the more I realized that these are not the pretty perfect people that we thought they were. Mm-hmm. No. There's some real sadness and darkness. and Elves, not not just Drow and Shatterkai. I know you guys are going to get into your goth phase in a little bit. I'm so Always. excited. Yeah. <laughs> so excited for me and Megan. But <laughs> me and Megan are both really excited. My chemical romance are back. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was about to say, regular elves are emo kids. They're not quite full goth. I mean, the Drow and Shatterkai are applying the eyeliner, right? But, I mean, the elves... Well, it's natural. They don't have to apply it at this point, which oh, is really nice. Jealous. Right? <laughs> right? Don't have to dye their hair. It just comes out that way. You like, look great. so emo tonight. <laughs> I so, know. Megan, I just <laughs> With your hair over the shade, the shade, sorry, and you've got the, the black nails and everything going on, the black hoodie, oh my god. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those Yeah, but days. the black hoodie says David's tea, so. It does. <laughs> you just lost some cred there. I did. Could be a band, could say Davey Havoc. Right? But uh, the opposite effect happened to me. I kind of appreciated elves for what they were in the D&D campaign world for building characters until I started researching them, because I hate things that are overcomplicated, and elves can get very overcomplicated. Right, yeah. And so there's, like, in my mind, if I don't understand something 100%, I can't deal with it very well. That's why we didn't ask Dan onto this episode. I feel like you we and just I can't understand it very differently, Megan. <laughs> yeah. Basically, my entire day is getting through stuff that I do not understand 100%. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. It's a skill. Exactly. Um, just cling it to life on charisma alone at this and point. And I do believe in that in my life. So when I have to do something for fun... I like it to be simple, I like to understand it, and I like to enjoy it. I don't want to do something that's going to overcomplicate my brain when I'm trying to to roleplay something. Like, if you take all the aspects of, like, your subclass or whatever you're working on, or your god, or which one am I worshipping, where am I now? I forgot that I'm afraid of the sunlight, and you're just like, wait a minute, what do I have? Like, yeah. it's almost worse than of, like, having a bag of holding filled with shit that you're digging through. Yeah. You're literally digging through yourself as a person constantly trying to figure out how to roleplay, and I think well, that's what I don't like about it. Well, I mean, Drow especially have a big, rich background and history to them, and then... They're the ones that everybody wants to play in their first character, right? Yeah. Like, everyone wants to be a drow warlock, and you are... That is a bad way to start D&D. Yeah. You need to be a human fighter, right? Well, it's every teenage <laughs> kid that their parents wouldn't let them go to Hot Topic that want to play a dark character. Like, that's just how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Maybe instead of... Maybe that's just because drow are better known than, like, Shadokai, which we'll talk about later, yeah. that maybe might be a better choice. But in a lot of ways, also, probably not. You know, just don't go goth in your first game, I think, uh, is the lesson. I, I, I got to backtrack for a moment. If you're playing a Drow Warlock as your first character, good on you, but shit's going to get complicated. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not that it's a an advanced character to play, it's just all the rules are different. Yeah. yeah. And also, you're going to have a pretty miserable time out on the surface in the Prime Material Plane where everyone else is just getting on with it and, you know... You shouldn't really be there. You can you have sunlight sensitivity, and it's going to be very difficult for you. So, yeah. I, I assume that you've got some sort of burka. I was thinking a sun hat, like just a a nice round, like sun a sunbrero, yeah, just... <laughs> like a like a mother of the bride type hat. Oh, yeah, I, I, I love like the... I love the, the the drow rogue with the parasol just walking oh, down the street. Yes, and dressed in Molina. Even just a no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, just a fascinator with like the net sort of yeah. veil across. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I love the shade. That. Okay, well, I wasn't here for the elves episode, and neither was Megan. So I would like to touch on a little bit of the the history of elves 
for myself mostly to see how much I get correct. And Adam, you can uh, you. Can uh, I'll, I'll be marking you with the red pen. Okay. As we go. Yeah. I could not correct you if I tried, so I will believe everything. Megan, you always have to agree with me no matter what I say. Agree with me no matter what I'm I say. I'm not a fan of this this long blonde hair club that you guys have going yeah, on. You're I'm left That's, it's going to get more and more blonde when I put my guy lights in uh, coming up real soon. I'm in sorry, a guy lights. The guy lights is what my hairdresser called them. Oh, so no. they'll be going in soon. Anyway, I have a barber. You have a hairdresser. I'm, I'm gonna throw that shit out there. I have a barber now. Yeah, well, <laughs> do you want a little big I, revelation? I think about cutting it off pretty soon. <gasps> but it took me two and a half years to get here, didn't it? So yeah, just, I don't know, man. You just shaved your face and said never again, like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I uh, haven't shaved it since. No, yeah. I don't, we, we can't tell yet, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> Maybe I shaved it once. It's I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> you are an elf. <laughs> so, by my knowledge, the original—we won't say the original elf, but the original elf god—is is Carlon. Is I'm trying very hard yep. not to say Carlon at any point, which is essentially the essence of of nature, right? And I don't think of it, of Carlon as being more. I don't think of Carlon as being chaotic in my mind. More just neutral as nature is. I guess chaotic, but is in that is the the essence of nature was a stream, can be the air, could be the whatever. It's the idea of God is all around you, type. almost unaligned, yeah. right? Unaligned, yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, um, and and all of the other gods, by my understanding, were perfectly okay with this. We're accepting Carlon for being his or her because it wasn't Carlon wasn't linked to any one sex, right? Which yeah. was interchangeable. Uh, was being of this chaotic nature, apart from Grunch, who we've talked about before, is the orc god that for some reason just could not stand this. And so inevitably, it was like World War One. Two superpowers just ended up colliding, and uh, and and from the the blood that was spilled from Corallon was where the, the the primal primal elves came from. Yep, prime elves, uh, and from there was um, um, a situation that arose where uh, with Loth, that was one of the primal elves. Yeah, correct? he he had a, essentially a series of almost like a court of of those right. that were pretty powered and whatnot. Loth split. Uh, the group in half, and some of them went because elves, quote unquote, elves were formless at that point. Yes, right? could change shape, right? It, they couldn't. It wasn't just change shape. They like naturally formless. They okay. were they were able to just move and be the essence of chaos and nature and freedom. Right. Lolth said, "Hey, wait a second. Physical body sound pretty cool. Let's do this." Yeah. And half of the elves followed her, and the other half didn't, and thus we got two pantheons. Right. Right. Because Corlon's like, no, no, no. I have no rules, but this rule you can't break. And then essentially kicked Loth's ass. Kicked Loth's ass. So. Right. And from there, the, the Coralon, by my understanding, removed the elves from... It's not Anavar. That's steroid Megan. What? <laughs> 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 what was the place that was where, like, their home? Um, somebody's screaming at me right now. Somebody's screaming. Now that's the only word I can think of. Yeah, me too. <laughs> them out of anabolic steroids <laughs> and ultimately they, they di- distributed um, between the planes Prime Material Plane Feywild we have Adam's doing a book point to me One Kindness One Kindness please. One Kindness thank you Shadowfell and Almost and then we ended up with the different sub races over time of elves whether it be sea elves what else high elves Shadokai, what, uh, what be it? So that's my basic understanding of where the elves came from. Is there anything critical there that, I, that I'm missing that I probably should be aware of? Yeah, the pronunciation. So just give me one second and I will give it to you. Because it is... You have defeated me with this. You bis- you mispronounced it. Avalon. I think it's Avalon. It's not Avalon. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not Avalon. <laughs> God uh, damn. Avernus. It was Avernus. You're close. That was the last episode, actually. You guys missed that one, too. 
Well, uh, well, Arvindor. Abbotsford. Arvindor. Arvindor. Did you just say Abbotsford? <laughs> <laughs> the elves were kicked out of Abbotsford, <laughs> British Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arvindor. Arvindor. <laughs> and from there, we're distributed and, and sub races were created, and, and uh, you know, and uh, that's where we get the, the sub races that we'll go into, the, uh, into three of them today. But that's my basic understanding. Is there anything critical I'm missing, though? Uh, there's one interesting piece of uh, a lore around elves that I was not aware of until I started to do this round of research. Uh, and that is, did you guys know that they there are some that are considered blessed? Above and beyond all of the rest. <coughs> no. And like elves aren't already good enough. Some are even more blessed than others. Yeah, and these ones, um, these ones are called the Blessed of Coralon. It's just a, a little, little paragraph off in the corner of one of the pages in Mordenkainen's. And uh, I wanted to, uh, to just hit this really quickly. Um, most of them are fairly androgynous in the in nature, right? So you can actually tell a female elf from a male elf because the female has larger penis. Boobs. What, so, sorry, no, nothing. Never mind. <laughs> um, but the um, the ones that are considered the most androgynous and the most blessed uh, actually can change their gender at almost at at will. So when you finish a long rest, there is a miracle that is celebrated by all of the other elves except Drow, who are like, "Hey." That's fucking weird, and we will kink shame you because we've got our matriarchy, and we're into to female domination and leather and shit over here, and so we hate you. And there are proper ways of sex and gender, and and the drow are real bad guys. Like like they're the drow are all over lights out missionary by the sounds of it. Yeah, pretty well. Well, I don't yeah. that kind of kinky, I suppose. Um, so would that kind of like be the opposite to like the dark Seldrine, which is like Lolf's group of? Blessed, essentially. No, 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 no. Th- this, this, this is not. This is not even the um, the pantheon. These are just like random elf number four. Oh. can just be so neutral in gender that they're able to swap back and forth overnight. So it's almost like when they trance and they have a long rest, they can meditate on their gender and change that. Do they have any kind of mental alignment with that? Like, is a female elf waking up with a penis and going, Jesus Christ, now I have to deal with this for the next three days. This wasn't in the plan. <laughs> no, this this is absolutely, like, who they are. It's not like their alignment shifts. Yeah. They're not having a crisis. This is, is who they are. They're the only, as far as I can tell, the only gender fluid um Race in the entire in the entirety of D anD D, although in written form, basically, uh, uh, kobolds can actually change That's gender yeah. as well. Yeah. If I remember, to, which Good takes longer though, I think, doesn't it? Because yes. my question was, how, which way do you know where they're going if it takes two weeks to to, to yeah. happen? So, but it's even among elves generally. Is this quite common then? Is it like one in a hundred, one in a thousand? Is it? Well it doesn't known? really get into it. It just says it's it's fairly rare, but there are so few elven births in the first place. Right. That's one of the things that that we covered in the previous one that I'll hit on just again really really briefly is the idea that um, there are so few elven births that if there are not enough in like a, a society, an elven society, they will assume that they're cursed. And they will actually disband into smaller little groups of elves. To try and sort of reset. To, to, to reset, because they've obviously pissed off Coralon and the Pantheon, because they're not getting enough births. But if there are too many births, it means that, like, suddenly there's an influx. Yeah. That means Coralon is going to need us soon, and there will be some sort of war or tragedy, and he's beefing up our numbers. Wow. So, 
there's like they've got a concept of there's the right number of births and too few is bad, too many is bad. And if you can get because there are so few of them, if you can get twins or triplets, then you are considered like soul bound and you have like there's a lot of superstition around your identity as a I almost said human being, but as an elf, as you your person. Uh, your own identity really, really matters to elves in ways that kobolds are the exact opposite. They're just, you know, one for the tribe. Yeah. You know, yeah. all for one and one for all. But as an elf, you as an individual is so important as is, is who you're born to be or who you choose to be? Um, I, no, 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 because they've got the wanderlust. They go out into the world, they turn like, probably not quite a hundred, but a hundred is when they hit adulthood and they go out into the world and they discover who they are. Right. And then they come back. So it's not, it's... I, mean, I'm not, I, I was want, just playing. I was born this way in my brain. Like, <laughs> I just like conked out for 30 But it seconds. seems normal. Nobody's <laughs> awkwardly coming out to their to their dad yeah. over the dinner table. Right? No, no, yeah, that, that you're right. But the idea is that you um, you discover the what your fate and your destiny is supposed to be. Right. And because Coralon gives you such a cold shoulder over this whole loth scenario, all elves are punished for. Drought super get punished, right? Yeah. But um. But uh, because Coraline's got a cold shoulder to everybody, they don't really know where they fit in the world. And that's a part of their wanderlust, right? So they go out and they discover who they are. Right. And they also believe in reincarnation. And so they're trying, every time that they get reincarnated, every birth is like a celebration, but it's bittersweet at the same time. Because, hey, it's somebody's back again. Yeah. Coraline doesn't want that person anymore. So they put the soul in a new body. Right. And anytime someone dies, they're like, oh, you know what? I feel really bad for me. Because this person isn't here anymore, but it's bittersweet again. Because at least they get to go be with Coralon, even though he doesn't like them. But I mean, good for them. And it's just—it's co- it's gonna suck. Just yeah. constant like this is good. Well, that's bad, but this is good. But yeah, it's all right. You can imagine <laughs> why now. You know why their poetry is so so important. You know that they've got nine hundred words for melancholy. Yeah. Right. Like there's just so much. It's exactly what you're talking about. Complication. Yeah. Yeah, and it almost—it's not overstimulation, but it's almost like. If you're going to be alive for so long, for 750 years, things are not going to impress you anymore. The most talented bard in the world you saw 300 years ago, and this is just another one. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali has already been around. And and when you've seen, like, oh, you saw him 300 years ago, and someone new comes in and is even better. Interesting. I guess there will be someone better than you in the next 400 years. Because the pattern fits that you think you're the best because yeah. you're a human and you're going to die and you won't know that the better person will come along. But I know because I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. But you guys did a really good job of touching on the fact that at what point when you're living for so long does your morality change? Like yeah. And your drive and like what you want to do. And like to your point, elves who are 300 years old aren't going to want to go and help the farmer with their task, right? So it's hard to almost role play an elf that's old. Because their morality would be like, I don't really want to help that because yeah. there's going to be another farmer in a hundred years that I'm going they, to help. And they are then... super xenophobic. Although there's a whole bit um, in Mordenkainen's about how they do respect and appreciate humans and dwarves and halflings as allies. And everybody's unique in their own special personal way. But you're right. Their their alignment's going to change. You'd have to find some unique way of... of I, you know, I don't know though because how long does your quest to, to discover yourself last? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of makes me understand why, you know, there's the kind of the idea that they're maybe they're slow to, to gain friends and, you know, and, and it's kind of slow to gain friends and enemies. And that I kind of that that would come from for me, the idea that even if the whole world was going to war, they're just like, yeah, there was another war before. 
even if we win this one, there's going to be another one. You guys will be dead, but there's going to be another one. So why, you know, why are we doing this? Why is it important? Why are we going to get so riled up about it? And uh, yeah, it all seems pretty tragic now, doesn't it? Looking back at complicated. So my question <laughs> being for topic one is that so we each have our own sub race here. Um, so what we'll do, guys, we're going to roll dice in the turn order. We'll each go through our own sub race, and then we'll ask questions based on that sub race as we go. Okay, so let's roll. All right. Oh, I was aggressive. Oh, well, 15? Yeah. So then Meg, I go first. Megan got a 12. 12, yeah. Megan got a 12. You don't often lose this with a 10, but okay. All Whatever. Right. That's okay. So I'll talk about Shadokai. I won't go on for a long time about Shadokai, but just a quick background of where they come from. Because they have an interesting name. It's not like Sea Elf, Wood Elf. No, no, um, no. They're the bad guys from Karate Kid. That was Cobra Kai, and that is usually Close me. <laughs> I was like, how many Shadokai jokes can I do? I was like, can I do Cobra Kai? I can do Cobra Kai. Can I do Shutterfly, which is a scrapbooking app, I believe. I don't know. Uh, and then I stopped there. Uh, but Shadokai are sworn to the Raven Queen. And the mysterious Shadokai, they venture into the material plane only under instruction, mostly, from the Raven Queen, from the Shadowfell. So quick reminder about the Shadowfell. It's not that it's it's dark emotion. It's not it's kind of gothic, but it's not that it's sad. It's that it's it has no emotion. It's apathetic. It's it's it is definitely apathetic. Uh, but they will bend, venture into the prime material plane uh, to conduct her will. Uh, once they were fair like the like the rest of the elves, and now they kind of just exist in this strange state between life and death. It's like the opposite to Eldrin, which are which are like the Feywild kind of turned up and all full of emotion. The Shadokai are like just distant sort of shells, just no emotion. The, um, but they're not the only elves in the Shadowfell, too, right? They're just like the super most shadow fell because Curse of Strahd had dusk elves. Yes, yeah, right. There's dusk so elves. That's so right. there are, and I think even regular elves can just come and go through the shadow fells. Yeah, so. of course, because you can you can move between the planes, uh, no problem. And I think we make it sound very easy moving between the planes, and in some ways it is in D anD. d But I think the idea is it's supposed to be hard. Like most people in the world are not just skipping over to the Feywild and coming back. Like, oh yeah, when a devil pops up in your village, it's a big fucking deal. They talk about it for the next four hundred years. It's yeah, right. Exactly. But when you're a level. 14 adventure you're just like ah oh, i'm gonna go jump on my uh, elemental plane friggin vehicle and yeah. it looks like a blimp just make Here this we go. teleportation circle for myself <laughs> yeah. thank you exactly yeah the the villager that saw you do it has been telling the story about his great-grandfather that once saw a sprite and this is the most incredible thing ever yeah. <laughs> but you're just like yay i get a little whatever spell <laughs> yeah so some stat differences with shadokai and is their constitution uh score increases by increases by one so uh, that's plus the two decks. Yes. That's that's pretty significant. It's pretty good. Yeah, I kind of... Um, I'm not sure of the reasoning exactly why that would be, you know, physiologically. It's not like it's harder to live in the Shadowfell than it's just... Well, what, what do they look like? Uh, what do Shadokai look like? I just kind of see them as being not, not as dark-skinned as Drow, but the images I've seen, they just seem to be... Uh, gray-skinned, almost. Yeah, yeah gray-skinned. I mean, I guess it's similar to Dusk Elves, but a little more kind of gothic but don't think dark-skinned like drow um so they also have necrotic resistance so they have uh, resistance to necrotic damage um and one good thing about them is they have the blessing of the raven raven queen so as a bonus action you can magically teleport up to 30 feet in an occupied space that you can see uh you can use this this trait once and you can't do it again until you finish a long rest um i have an answer for you by the way about about what a shatter kai looks like it looks like your goth girlfriend 
Terry's goth girlfriend. Oh, perfect. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. like, a lot of people reach out to me about this goth girlfriend thing, and they're like, you can't handle it. You can't handle a real goth like it's my first day on the planet. And Megan, I think I could. Do you think I could? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was it was the, the desperate need for affirmation. I feel like the no, you felt it as you were saying it out loud. I, I kind of knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this was like the, like the Clark Divine Intervention kind of uh, ability, which never worked for me either. But but yeah. but yeah, so for those of you that can't see the picture, I just pulled up on my phone. Shatterkai are incredibly pale. They've got like jet black hair, and they've got like black tattoos all over. Oh, all of they this. They have the natural eyeliner. Yes, yeah. and they're all studded leather clad. Um, Belt buckles. Lots of buckles. Tiny piece of cloth for armor. Yeah, they're um, they're what you would expect in the background of a Marilyn Manson video, circa 1997. Mm. Yeah, kind of like a underworld vampire type look. Tether. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're Matrix extras, mm. but like orgy Matrix, not not the first one, mm. the one where they're all dancing in the the sequel. Terry, we, you need orgy, to watch movies. God damn. There wasn't one called Audrey Matrix. Audrey Matrix. Oh my god! You know what's Audrey Matrix? This child, what's, I can't even. What's Audrey Matrix? In, in, in it's the, the orgy in the Matrix. There's an orgy in the Matrix. In the Matrix movies. <laughs> <laughs> is there an orgy in the Matrix movie? Yes. yes. Why is nobody talking about this like all the time? Everybody talks about this. <laughs> Really? There are memes. Oh. There are videos. There's all that. Really? Yes. It's in, okay. It's in the second movie. Go do it, Terry. Yeah, Which one? It. Which one's the, the second s- one? Oh, oh fuck! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Matrix rebounded, Adam. Oh, I already. Oh, God God damn. Damn. Hey, I just watched Endgame on the plane as well, coming back. So that was. Have you seen the first ones? Of what? Of the any Marvel movie? Uh, God damn so. it! Fuck. No, I just saw... Oh, I didn't see Aquaman yet, but I've seen, like... Oh, my God damn. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> shit. Okay. Shit. Elf. Starting at third level. You gain resistance to all damage when you teleport using the Blessing of the Raven Queen trait. The resistance lasts until the start of your next turn. So during this time, you're just kind of, like, ghostly and translucent, and you just can't be... Well, you can be hurt, but not a lot. You're resistant how far to all can damage. You, how far can you teleport? Up to 30 feet in an unoccupied space that you can see. Once, right? Once per long rest? Yes. That that's pretty badass. That's that's misty step. Especially because you have resistance to all damage after that, which sounds weird. Like you still think like psychic damage might be able to hurt you. I always when I read that I always thought of it like MMO rules that if you die and come back to life, you don't take damage until you move. It's a respawn. It's a respawn time frame. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So anyone else who plays MMOs understands that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, what else we got, Terry? I feel like you set me up because you know for a fact I don't know what an MMO is. Yeah, so you know, do you know what it stands for? <laughs> now I set you up. Yeah, <laughs> now that was a... Megan and I are on the same page. Why am I even on this podcast? I have no idea about anything other than Dungeons and Dragons. Like I, I have no well, that's idea. That's why about you're here, Terry. Exactly. Yeah, I won't be on the friggin' whatever podcast. The moves. Mo. Um, keen senses. You have proficiency in the perception skill. Well, you already you're got elf. that. It's an elf. Like this. You're that's an elf. redundant. Well, okay. I, all right. All right. There is something. Uh, I think it is in the player's handbook. Actually, in the backgrounds area, it says if you double up on a on getting a skill proficiency. From a background versus a uh, subclass or whatever it is, um, if you double up, you just get to replace, let's say you get stealth twice for some mm-hmm. reason, you just replace one of those with whatever proficiency just you whatever want. Whatever you want. So, like, does that, do you think that counts here? Because it doubles up this keen senses 
I think it should count, but also it just seems ridiculous that that didn't get spotted. Yeah. It's like, oh, you got proficiency in uh, perception skill. Look, dude. Look, so that means that that's redundant in that now everybody has to replace it. So why is it written out? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, yeah, I would, I would change that to stealth. I mean, they're stealthy, right? Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Stealth, acrobatics, what else would they get? Uh, Intimidation? I was going to say something like deception. Say the, something. Oh, deception's something a good like one. Something like that? Yeah. Sleight of hand. Uh, proficiency with a makeup kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make a really good wing tip. Yeah. <laughs> my I always imagine that it would be really hard. Like, I probably feel like I'd be good at, like, the right side, but not the left side or something. You get used That's to it eventually. Awesome. Event- so really? this is the trick. You start with your weakest side. You start with your weakest side. Yeah, and then so try that and you can that. match it with your stronger hand or stronger side. Really? Yeah. I'm cool. learning things now. Do you go off is, that, is that why that's David Bowie only has the lightning on one side of the Because that's the one side he's good at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ah, that must be the same for Harry Potter as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Hurry, Puddler. Hurry, Puddler. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into this. Okay, my question is, uh, as a player, are you interested in doing this? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Why and why not? Um, Shadokai. Shall we roll for this? Yeah, we can. I Put yours over there, Terry. <laughs> oh, hidden. Hidden. The yeah. Well, you sound very so Hey, you got another 10. What right. did I get? I got, you, got a, you got an 18, so you get... Can you guys see those numbers? Yeah. Do you need? Do you want to try my glasses? I don't. I already have contact lenses, but I haven't had my prescription checked in five years. It's getting a bit hairy Sweet as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hurry. It's, get, it's getting a little bit hurry. Hurry. Yeah, it's getting a bit hairy. <laughs> All right. So, Terry, do you, do you like this? Uh, actually, I don't like them. No? And I'll tell you for why. I for why, Terry? For why? Because they are so linked to the Shadowfell and the Raven Queen. And the whole idea is that, like the Shadowfell, they're more devoid of uh, of emotion. You know the whole idea that, um, you know, some of us goes into all of our D&D characters and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of who we become. My characters are typically very expressive, even though they're different. Like, Titus yes. was a bumbling idiot and then became some sort of more of a charismatic leader. You know, I think back to, to Solomon, who was just expressive in the fact that he was a dick most of the time. Most of the time, yes. And then even Slight, the Dragonborn Jude that I played, is an openly out there coward that just uh, just gives his full devotion to the what the most oh, powerful looking thing yeah. in the room. But I'm very expressive in how I do that, because that's how I like to play D&T. So while, yes, I do love goth girls, this would be a very difficult sub-race for me to play because the whole idea is that they're not like that mm. no matter what they're and they probably don't have too many opinions of their own you know it's just allegiance to the raven queen and they don't really feel much emotion which for me i would find very difficult to play at D table okay i like them for the exact same reason okay <laughs> because okay i like challenges at a, at a dnd table because i never get to be a player right so with the off chance that i get to be a player i want to do something ridiculous um and I love the idea of being the straight man who sits there for three or four hours and everyone else is popping off, being goofy, you know, talking shit back and forth. And you just sit there, chill out, listen, always have the logical response. And then about once a session, get that real dry wit. That one comment that you're just waiting for. That You, you just wait for your opportunity to say, is it? <laughs> and make everybody just crack up around the table yeah. right so oh, it's like we're only one player here is it yeah it's like they just start dying laughing yeah yeah <laughs> you're just hmm well then and i think that's all you need to say with these with these guys i like the fact that they're um very 
quiet and everybody plays over the top of the role playing. And I think that when you've got a gnome artificer cackling in the corner and the freaking barbarian who's pounding his chest over there. And and then you just have that, the the shatter guy standing in the shadows, just waiting. Yeah. Wait, and like waiting for his turn. Will someone tell me to go, please? <laughs> yeah, Shadakai Monk could be a good character to play, actually. Yeah, I or yeah, I think a lot of people lean into Rogue. Yeah, um, but I like the Dex and Con means barbarian to me. Yeah, right. In in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. But that could be a really interesting role playing thing too. That if they have a rage as a barbarian, that you're this quiet little thing listening and listening and listening, and all of a sudden you hear something that pisses you off. Yeah. And then you go into a rage. Right? I, I, I like the idea of you just have giving yourself that, that 10 count in your mind. Mm. Like everything's going poorly. One, two, I just got to make this it to the, 10. And that'll be, and then you'd never make it. You just get to like six and yeah. oh, fuck it. And the, this is, this is anxiety attack elf. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you, you guys just gave me a really good idea, which would be um, like a very high powered NPC who is much higher powered than the rest of the party. But has to count to ten, and each digit be a number of rounds before they're allowed to get involved yeah. with something. And it's like that would you frustrate it, the shit out of other people around the parties or around the table, especially if you're the healer. If <laughs> but if you but if they were a barbarian, it's like so the, even the party is trying to piss this NPC up just to get them to go by round three or round four. So yeah, help it would up. be neat that if you also gave them extra attacks, so they can blow off a whole bunch of things at once. Yeah, so it's almost like they're like. Holding their turn and holding their action. Oh, you let them do it over and then over you, And then yeah. in their one round, they get to use all of those held actions. Yeah. So you get to run over and heal this person. Like, fix everything everybody fucked up in the last ten yeah, rounds. The, o- <laughs> the only thing you do is cast haste upon yourself and just wait. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the idea of you can hold those actions, those attacks, over turns, but when it kicks, when that grenade finally blows up, they're attacking the nearest thing to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No, you are you're, you're the goth kid. Right, you yeah. are a bard, and your bardic inspiration is first of all, you just write poetry. Yeah, you sit in the dark and write poetry. About how your dad hates you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sleep; I just trance. Your bag of holding is just filled with your journals. Yeah, <laughs> and and, uh, and everything you say is just your your inspiration to giving people is is logic. Yeah, you're just like this is a bad idea. You shouldn't do that, <laughs> but don't listen to me. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that this could be a lot of fun to play. I yeah. like Shatter Kai. It could be. It Just could because be. it is so different than everything else out there. Everyone else is in your face role playing, and this is very kind of subdued. And I would love to introduce when you've got a player that joins your Curse of Strahd campaign halfway through, that's when a Shatter Kai should come in. Yeah. Right? I have trouble seeing them in Out of the Abyss where you're in the Underdark. You have Drow already. Right, and I feel like they overlap a bit. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Megan, would you want to play this? Um, I think I I would, kind of for similar reasons, but more because I am a more subdued player at the table. I usually don't enter in my comments until everybody said two or three things, and then I just kind of help wrap up thoughts. Like no matter what character I play, that usually ends up what I end up doing. So this character kind of plays into my play style a little bit. I know. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I I went out of my way to make you the leader of the party. And I hate you to this day for it. <laughs> you were brand new to the group as well. Yeah. Um, Everyone's but, like, who the fuck's this? I know, right? But it did, it did challenge me as a player, like, right out of the gate. And I was like, shit. And it was just, like, anxiety at an 11 for Between a Between that and Dan hours. just hugging you the first time he met you, I'm sure oh. that you were just having a... 
I am not a hugger. <laughs> Did he do that? <laughs> Dan hugged me the second time he met me. And Dan can't, if he, Dan doesn't see me for a couple of weeks, he has to hug me as well. Aww. He is definitely a hugger. I don't know. No, I've learned that people learn not to touch me pretty quick. So. It's, yeah, it's a scratching, <laughs> Megan. It's... But yeah, but I just feel like it, uh, it just plays into me as a player that I would probably end up playing this at one point. But I never knew about them until I actually started reading these things today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you two would play Shadow Kai and I wouldn't after all of that. that seems well, I think true. I think that your your assumption is correct though for what you would want to play. Like yeah. you you are an eccentric player. You like being loud and boisterous. You like those characters that are in it. Whereas yeah. this is more that subdued. You have to sit back and listen and watch. And I just don't think that you would enjoy that as a player. So it no. kind of makes sense. I like to be. I like to be in it. My, you know, your personality blocks and stuff when you do it. My top one is include me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been talked to in five minutes. Can someone please acknowledge my existence? <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm also weird with compliments as well, uh, which maybe is the reason that people just constantly bully me in all areas of my life. Like it's not even just you guys. I will go to work and it happens. I will go home and it happens. It's just like I'm just on the edge all the time. <laughs> Do we bully you? I thought we bullied Dan. I, wasn't that the agreement when we started this Dan podcast? Dan has been around for me for the past little bit. Like no, every time true. I've been here, it's been yeah. No, I think, I think to me. Dan and Terry get bullied an equal amount, and nobody bullies Adam because we're all too scared to. That's smart. <laughs> that's that's well, the smart. Thing is, Adam doesn't actually do anything wrong is the problem. <laughs> it's like, that's very true. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Adam is so prepared that it's like. What are we going to do? Oh, good notes, dick. Like, yeah, they are. Well okay. done, sir. Well done. Thanks for holding this podcast together, you fucking weirdo. Like, <laughs> you, you know that you said Adam doesn't do anything wrong, and Dave is listening. He's screaming at the at his speakers right now. That's true. Well, it's we can't even get time. Dave to be anywhere on time, can we? So. Oh, fuck. <laughs> He's supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> I keep looking at Megan because Megan's in what used to be the DMC. Yeah. So I keep looking at her. But I sit here because I have the most feminine and dainty voice. Well, that's because Dan's not here. That's true. <laughs> or or coffee bitch Dave, who is supposed to <laughs> supposed to be here. Oh yeah. Lord. Brad's not overly manly. <laughs> <laughs> is this because of everything they, that they said on the mailbag? Episode? Oh, I haven't even seen you since the mailbag episode. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Took me, I had to like pause it and then like listen to it 20 minutes again later on, like psych myself up. Like, oh man. Fuck. Uh, do, you have, do you have more questions about Shattered Guy? As a DM, do you like him? Yes or no? Why and why not? Same order? Same order. So well, that's me. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I feel, uh, I feel that uh, they're simple enough, but they're also, they can be intimidating, they can be deceptive, they can be kind of dark and mysterious, but they're simple enough that they're, they're easy to use and introduce as a kind of a scarier and interesting element for your players without just going like uh, uh, drow or like whatever or so, something else. They, they can still be interesting without being too complicated and nobody's going to start calling you on getting law wrong. The law is real simple. An ally to the Raven Queen, mostly in the Shadowfell, that will come out to do her bidding. All the bidding they're doing just has to line up with what the Raven Queen is. Super simple. And I like the idea of making uh, almost like a League of Shadows type thing. There's a, like Shadow Kai monks that will just show up and then fuck your shit up and then okay. disappear again. Mm. So yeah, I actually I quite like them. I'm really on the fence as a DM. They fit the same notch, the same groove. They, they serve the same purpose for me as Drow and both kinds of Gith. Yeah. Right, like we're, we're hitting the same note here again, and I know it's a little different. And there are people that are diehard fans of of Gith or Drow or or Shatterkai, but 
If I want the weird, lanky, kind of pale, runs by their own rules, super obsessed with their god, and it's probably going to come out of the shadows and either punch you or stab you. I don't know, man. I got some options, and drow are more popular and really linked to their location, and I'm more likely to go to the to the Underdark or the Astral Sea than I am to go to the Shadowfell, short of Curse of Strahd. I, like, I'm sure there are stories to tell there. I'm not wild about the Shadowfell in the first place. So I want to go to Limbo, where everything is just pure chaos, and and matter and space and time are consistently shifting. Mm. And there are an entire... There's a civilization of uh, Githzerai monks that are imposing lawful neutral order upon small pockets of this chaotic realm to have their, their little cities in. And yeah. That's more interesting to me than just another... There's better things out there. Yeah, than this. and, the, and yeah. you're right. Even the Shadowfell itself... It, it's like, how long does it stay interesting for, unless you just really want to dive into something super gothy, in which case, just play Curse of Stride, you'll scratch that itch. Yeah. Because even as you explore it, it's not like the Feywild, which becomes more and more interesting and oh, and out there and, and crazy. It's it's still, it's grey, it's neutral, it's all right. That's the it's same the tree I saw ten minutes ago. Everybody you talk yeah. to is going to have no emotion. They can't, they cannot be too interesting. Yeah, and so I, I do like them. They will serve a purpose when I'm in the Shadowfell. But I, I, I don't know when I'm going to go there next. I'm more likely to go to the Feywild just because things... I love the Fey because they're weird. Yeah. These guys are not weird. They're odd. Yeah, and you've done some really fun things with the Fey, which made them more exciting than even I kind of realized. I remember we kind of went to a marketplace in the Feywild one time and the, the cost was just give up every liquid that you currently have on you. I was like, that's fantastic. Give me a flower. That's fantastic. <laughs> like, I will indeed give you a flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you don't have a flower, it's like, oh, well, this just got real well, bad. Well, this got real, real awkward. Yeah, All I have is this string. Will this do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then you run into the Shattered Guy. I change for string. Who will just look at you and say... S- S- silver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? And there's there's not a whole lot there as a DM. I think that as a player, sitting back and being almost a secondary character is fun. But as a DM, I want more. Unless the Raven Queen is like the the focal point of my campaign. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So they just feel like henchmen. <clears throat> and I'm not excited about henchmen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I personally, if the only way I would ever introduce one of these types of elves into a campaign would probably be if it was just to be a random NPC. I wouldn't have it be you go to the... Like, it just seems, again, very boring, very mundane. Like, there's no reason to be there. Everybody's boring. So I would just introduce it as, like, an NPC, weirdly enough, to be someone's goth girlfriend. So yeah. you've got like Shadokai sounds like the band that all of these goth girls would listen to. As yeah, well. yeah. Like just their little followers. But... You think that? Do you think they all have tattoos? Shadokai uh, tattoos. Shadow... Oh, I bet they all have like re- like black tramp stamps. Yeah, there you go. Maybe we've typecasted this. People quite do that. Well. I got a band yeah. tattooed tattooed into me. Interestingly enough, I went to high school with the guy that got the band ISIS tattooed into him. Oh, oh nice. no! Oh, I know. Oh, that's, no. That's, even going somewhere to get that covered up, you still got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. You just put a C and an R in front of it, and just like <laughs> I was going Done. through a dark time crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think I think that would be an interesting character to try and interact with as just a general NPC that you meet out in the world because they are really weird and mundane that you expect any NPC you meet to be very exciting. Yeah. And also they're just like, yeah, that's cool. And then they're that weird, mysterious, dark one that one of your warriors is going to fall in love with and is going to try and chase and you can just play that 
Yeah, I guess cool, I guess, kind of character. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just out edgelord the edgelord of the party. Yeah. Just, oh my god. No, no, okay, alright. This is the NPC I want to play because I would just get to be April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. That's a Shatter Kai. Adam, you know fine well I've never watched Parks and Rec. God damn it, Terry. The list now is almost too I always long thought to... I was really bad at pop culture, and I'm pretty bad at pop culture, but this is just awful. I just... Nobody tells me what I'm supposed to be watching. We tell you all the time. Every <laughs> fucking episode. No, but I mean, nobody tells me till 12 years after it's come out. That's oh, okay. All right. Uh, we'll sit down and have a talk after this. We'll have an okay. episode about it. Yeah. Okay. What should I currently be watching? I'd like a TV show. Have you watched, like, generally, have you watched The Office yet? Yes. I watched all of the British oh. Office when okay. I was in the UK, and then I watched all of the American Office. And did you like it? I preferred the British office because it's about uh, British things are typically about script and character development. American things is typically be about whoa, <laughs> things are falling out the ceiling. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, then watch Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah, it's very similar and to, to the good dry office, humor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. I'm happy with that. There you go. Done. Just watch that. How many seasons is there? Seven, but they blow by. It's okay. so quick. Yeah. Little thirty minute episodes. Yeah. So all right, your attention span can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with scene changes. That's when I stop listening. When he goes to the long shot. Ah, oh, now they're in a park. Fuck this. Like, <laughs> Just turn it off. And now they're in a wreck. Yeah. Fuck, I'm out. <laughs> All right, well, what are we doing? Is there another question? <laughs> DMs. Yes, we'll probably use them, but not a lot because there's other options out there. Yes. So we shat all over Shadakai, really, didn't we? Talk to me about roleplay tips. I'm going first, so I'll talk to you about roleplay tips. Uh, Shadakai, it's going to be real easy. There's no emotion. Well, not easy for me. Actually, very difficult for me. Um, I think you have to remember that the the values and the core essence of whatever it is that you're role playing. And with Shadakai, it's that they are they have their strong allegiance to the Raven Queen, but it's not this. Um, it's not like a what's the word? It's not fanatical, is it? It's not like outwardly expressive. And There's like, no fervor to this, and like burn everything and blah, blah blah. It's just she told me to do this, and so I will do this until I die or until it is completed. Yeah, and well, I will do it in silence. This is my job. We all have a job, and this is mine. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of look at that almost like uh, Terminator Two, like Judgment Day. Yeah, like. I, I neither love you nor hate you, but this is what I'm programmed to do, and this is why I'm here. That is the worst Terminator movie. Yeah, that is... I can defend that point of view, too. Okay. I you... legit mean that, but we're not getting into it now. Okay. <laughs> Whole episode on that as well. Yeah. So for me, that that's the roleplay tips, is you just have to, before you do anything, you just have to remember who that person is and, and try not to be too much of yourself. So for me, it's very difficult. I don't know if you guys have different kind of views on that, but... That's where I am with it. For Shatter Kai, it's very simple. Yeah, look, if I'm going to roleplay a Shatter Kai, I need to entertain myself with it. Because that's what they do. They Everything they say is because they want to hear those words come out of their mouth. Right. They're not here to entertain the other people at the table. So if you're used to being in the spotlight, this is not the character mm. for you, right? That you, As much as I said, oh yeah, you can be a bard and whatnot, it's going to get real, real old real fast when you decide to be you know, the really edgy bard that's in everyone's face. Shatterkai are patient and subtle and they stand back and they they say things under their breath because it matters to them. Or if they do pipe up and take the spotlight, it's because there's obviously the correct answer here. Why are we all beating around the bush? Yeah. We have to choose between our lives and the child's life and we are going to save the world. So I'm sorry that child has to die. Yeah. Hmm. Why are we still talking about this? Yeah. And there we go. And that's it. Like, that's... That's the whole goal. And that, see, as a DM, I want a player around the table doing that so that I can try to get reactions and 
give them crazy hard scenarios that they're going to be like, oh, no, that's this this is the right answer. Yeah. Actually, that would be a great PC to have for that type of thing because that will cause some serious heartache and uh, emotional trauma in the D&D game. Yeah. Because I do enjoy from time to time. I'm trying not to. Know. I feel like it's affecting me over time. It's like I've held the ring for too long. That was a Lord of the Rings reference I just made there. Adam. Yay! Just watched them the other week, so... Congratulations. Yep. Yeah. Got through the entire rotoscoped movie, and we'll tell you about the fact that they made three more 20 years later. Don't worry about it. Mm. It'll be fine. Megan, what do you got? My kind of roleplay tip for having to roleplay something like that would be pick tropes and stick to them. So if it is going to be that you're going to sit there, listen, and then have one response at the end of it, stick to it. Yeah. Right? So if you are going to be that person, don't just jump into the middle of a conversation and start talking and saying stuff. Because that isn't part of your character line. So as long as you have to remind yourself to almost to yourself, count to 10 before you respond. Yeah. Sometimes even an interaction, if someone finishes saying something to you, you can just stare at them blankly, count to five. And then respond. The other thing that I would do, too, is if you're the kind of person that's always getting up from the table to, I don't know, go for a cigarette or go make a phone call or whatever, I would play a Shatter Kai to just be like, every time it hits a role-playing scenario, you say, call me when you're finished. Uh, I'm going to my tent. Yeah. <laughs> and then get up and leave and then come back and say, what, what have we accomplished tonight? Yeah. I like the idea of the PC that everybody forgets as well when the rest of the party agrees that they're going to go around the corner and often unlock the door and yeah. that person didn't say anything or it's just been so quiet that they, you know, were texting or whatever. And then when it comes to that scene change, they're now not there. Yeah. When all of a sudden they need that bards, whatever. They're the four horsemen of the apocalypse and we need one of us to fight each, but there's only three of us. <clears throat> in. Yeah. In. I am also here. Right. Just, hello. <laughs> Even that's too expressive. <laughs> Hello. Hello. This is Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> just being so like sucked out and uninterested in things, it'd be very hard for them to almost too difficult for them to blend in yeah. as well. Like the whole idea that you have to like infiltrate the the, the the grand ball or something you put in the costumes and they're the ones going and the humans, they enjoy this. They enjoy dancing very much. Then I shall dance as well. <laughs> and just, just busting the river dance. Right? Just going for like it. Like a stationary <laughs> river dance. <Yes. laughs> but because they have no emotion, do not get embarrassed either. No. So do not stop until somebody tells them to stop. I'm just imagining just like those little like arm movements. Just, <laughs> is this mean? it? Randomly does the robot. Just is, is this it? Am I doing it? No, it's called the Warforged. The yeah. Warforged? Okay, the, sorry. The, my bad. Dance, dancing is illogical. How can one only move the hips and not the shoulders? This makes no sense. <laughs> I hear it's all in the hips. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Anything else, Terry? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's say, can we have an NPC idea? Here's Terminator. mine. Terminator. I already said it. I love the idea of the of um, just having that, that neutral person who can be incredibly powerful when called upon, when needed, but doesn't necessarily... Don't be fooled. They do not like you, and they are not there to aid your cause. They are there specifically to do what the Raven Queen has told them to do. I am here to protect this cleric. I am not here to protect this ranger. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the idea of where they can be very, very useful, providing you're on the terms that they need to be there for. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I'm actually going to uh, say something that Megan said earlier. I like the goth girlfriend idea. Oh, you do? Yeah, as an NPC. Why am I not hitting all of the points that you think I would with Shadow? Right? No, I, I like the uh, the idea of the giant flamboyant bard that's like, 
just super in your face and he's over the top and he's, he's a half elf and everybody's in love with him. And he, no, he's got a girlfriend and this, this is my girlfriend. And he like points over at her and she's in the corner just texting. It's Lulu but, from Final Fantasy VIII. So many belt yeah, buckles uh, on your dress. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> hey. And just not paying Maybe attention. Lulu from Final Fantasy X, by the Lulu way. Lulu from Final Fantasy X. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. There's a tenth one? God damn. You'll know it as oh X. It is Final Fantasy X. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that where you got the name Titus from for your character? No. That Thank was because of the Roman thing. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's my answer. I would have the, the comedic goth girlfriend in the corner that just doesn't even look up from, from texting. It's just like, hey. So, like, can we go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or has the has the solution, but nobody's listening. Yeah. Or, but it's not even in their instructions to deliver the solution because again, they're not helping you. They're yeah. Helping over here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Very so, cute. Yeah. What do you got, Megan? Um, I would want this NPC to be the owner of a brothel. Cool. I guess. So, yeah. I yeah. Guess Tell me more about this brothel. I don't care about stuff. the NPCs anymore. <laughs> Tell me about this goth brothel. I mean, what would you even the, Google to find that? that that's brothel. <laughs> Where would you even? That sounds like a French person saying Google. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, Lord. in Quebec they call Google goggle. It's the most hilarious thing I've the ever Gooby? heard. The Gooby? Yeah. Uh, but no, I just see this like again. It's that very stoic character that has no emotional response. Is like overprotective of their, like you know, the people that work for them. And they're just the leader of this brothel that for some reason your NPCs have to visit for X, Y, and Z reason. Or maybe the big bad evil guy is at the brothel. But there's this um, NPC, you know, Shatter Kai, that's going to stop you in a very stoic way. It might even end up being something you have to fight. But she's just the leader of a brothel. Yeah. Right? I just think that would be pretty cool. This is the worst and best thing ever for me. Because I love the idea of the goth brothel. But the problem is... because The gothel. The gothel. <laughs> The problem is that me being the way I am, where I need constant affirmation, is I couldn't go because I don't believe it. I know that they don't like me. And so I can be awful. I'd just be in there going, I know you don't really want to be here and I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) She's so fucking British sometimes, Terry. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, that's it. That's the the end of my questions. All right. uh, Let's jump to a commercial then. Sure. Hello, you sexy people. This is Adam, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. If you don't have Instagram or Twitter, then you don't realize that we are running a giveaway right now. So find the posts on Instagram or Twitter and tag two friends. For every two friends that you tag, you will get an entry into our contest. You'll be able to ask us a question that we will devote a small episode to, and we will also send you a Mimic Mini. So please. Oh shit! Okay, so make sure that you enter the contest as quickly as possible and uh, get get as many of your friends on there as you want. Okay, bye. So who rolled who rolled second all that time ago? I Megan, did. Was that you? Okay, yeah. Megan, what do you have for us? So I'm going to be going over Drow. Oh, get comfy. Oh god. Okay. Um, goth so, brothel. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, basically goth. <laughs> We're done. Um, but I do feel that this could almost have its own episode. So I simplified a lot of things just to kind of get through the basis of what. Yes, let's let's focus on the player side and not necessarily the complicated. There are a million monster stats for them and stuff. So I kind of like yeah. So we won't go over any of that stuff. We'll just kind of go over the basic things that you get for being a drow, um, and then go over a little bit of just what they are. So the drow are very connected to Lulth, the one that um, was banished down into um, basically. 
the Underdark and was these are the people that grew from her. So they are very, very attached to Lolth. Um, you can recognize one of these elves basically based on the fact that they have extremely dark skin. Um, they're also actually called dark elves in some yeah. aspects of their existence. Um, and then... Yeah, so their skin kind of looks like it's polished like obsidian, too. So I almost imagine that it's, like, kind of shiny and it gleams in certain lights if they were to end up being in some kind of a light. Um, They commonly have very, like, pale eyes, too. So if you're thinking, like, lilacs and silvers and, like, you can see them from a distance almost or you can't really see what color it is until you get really close. They're just really gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend to be smaller and thinner than most elves. So we kind of, you guys kind of talked in your um, last elf one where... Some people forget that elves are, like, regular size. They're not really tall. Like yeah, they're shorter they than a regular human person. Yeah. 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 So these are even smaller than that. So they're actually, like, Just they're underground. They're, they're withered almost. Yeah. But still chiseled, beautiful, like, still fall under that I'm a gorgeous... And they've got... <coughs> and, 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 <laughs> and they've got, like, shock white hair, too. Yeah. Right? In contrast to the... Yeah, so it contrasts their skin quite a bit. So it's almost like being in underground has caused them to almost morph into, like, not having sunlight and all that kind of stuff has kind of really affected them. So, um, draw adventures are technically kind of rare, as these don't really exist above ground for that reason. So as a player, we'll kind of get into it more when we get into that. It would be very difficult, because it's hard to be above ground as a drow, because you actually get negative connotations for that. So... Um, Their ability score increases charisma. It increases by one, which I think is really neat for this one, because you would think something that's underground would not be very charismatic, but that's not really the case. Um, They've got such an in-depth society, and it's all nobility-based. Yes. So charisma really makes sense here. It's almost like they're, because of the nobility, they almost have to be like really really strong speakers you can tell that they've got strict etiquette that they follow like there are there are hard and fast rules within rules as well this is when if you walked into their beautiful like town you need to take off your shoes Mm -hmm. like i'm sorry you need to it's almost like high elf almost is high how i almost see them don't don't even let the barbarian in yeah like he stays outside. Yeah, yeah. I kind of imagine this will come out wrong at first, but I'll I'll get to my point. Is I kind of imagine them like Nazis, not for all the things we associate Nazis for, but I mean for like no, being but they're, they're traditionally evil uni- as well. But also, but I mean more for like being very uniformed and prestigious and sort of you know the enemy at the gates type thing. Uh, that's a movie, Adam, that I've seen. You know what? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Jude Law was in that one, so that, is that why you saw it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Handsome man. Oh, good. Well, you used to look like an elf. Uh, there's a movie that came out recently. I think I think Jojo Rabbit. Right? Have you guys are you familiar with it at all? No. It's it's a uh, Hitler comedy. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, those two words. Should together? I watch this? Um. Uh, it it was done by uh, um, the guy that did. Uh, why can I not remember his name? Taika Waititi. All right. Who did uh, Thor Ragnarok and. Um, uh, no, I'm getting a blank for both of you guys. I, I'm not a famous people names person. Okay, he is known for his comedies and whatnot. And the idea is that he takes a look at daily like life with the Nazis and just pokes fun at it consistently. Mm-hmm. But there's one scene in it where they walk in and ev- like all five people have to acknowledge every other person in the room by saying Heil Hitler and getting a Heil Hitler back. Right? And so they say it like 24 times in, in a minute. 
right? And because the, they just have to introduce themselves and then every back. Time. And then and every time someone walks into a room, they got to do it again. <laughs> this is what I feel like drow are like. So, yeah, like, there's a certain he- head nod yeah. that has to happen. Praise the Lord. Praise All the way through that. That would, that would be, in a way, quite hilarious. Have you guys seen the, the Key and Peele skit where it's like you, the guy meets Hitler and he's like, and what would surprise you that I didn't think is Hitler doesn't say Heil Hitler? And he's like, totally threw me. Totally threw me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, back to Drow. Um, so enough of this Nazi no, yeah. yeah right <laughs> why are you talking about Nazis Megan you've been talking for like 45 took a really really like, dark Jesus. turn shall we say um, else. Yeah, there right? yep. speaking of which they have superior dark vision of 120 feet obviously they live underground so they've adapted to the fact they have to be able to see for long distances in their own surroundings um, but then on top of that they have the sunlight sensitivity so it actually gives you disadvantage on attack rolls and wisdoms like perception checks that rely on sight uh, when you and your target are in sunlight. So even if you are outside wearing your nice sun-brimmed hat and you've protected yourself, it actually, if you, what you're fighting is in light, it still affects you. It's almost like you because you have to look out into the light and to be able to yeah. attack them. So it's still going to affect you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ha- it's like having someone shine bright lights in your eyes, right? Like, right. So it's like, it just hisses. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, For their magic, they get um, the Dancing Lights cantrip, which I find very interesting. I mean, they live underground, and yet they they can light the way for anyone in the area that can't. Like, that's how I imagine it. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very cute. They're, like, wandering through their own tunnels, and they're wandering with a bunch of people that probably can't see anything. So, like... And they just snap and like put a bunch of lights mm-hmm. out for them. And I don't think it's it's quite black light, but it's definitely got a, like a purple hue to it, right? Yeah. Like it's it. This is not well, a whatever nice motif brightness. they've chosen for their city. It yeah. just matches. Yeah. yeah, like a turquoise. I love a, I love a good turquoise. Do you really? I do. Oh, you mentioned lilac earlier, and I don't like that color. That color is never as good as you want it to be. <laughs> it's never the right lilac. Yeah. Um, and then when you reach third level, you can cast fairy fire spell once per day. And when you're fifth level, you can cast darkness spell once per day. I find that one weird that you don't get that until fifth level for this kind of character. That you start for cast darkness at fifth level. Yeah, um, but do you need to? Well, the only reason why I think you would need to is if what you were attacking, you wanted to be able to attack without the disadvantage. Uh, well, it's magical darkness, so you can't see through it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Well, that and you're not. I mean, the average drow never goes outside, never goes above ground, yeah. never sees sunlight. It's yeah. True. So, I mean, this would be, yeah, fifth level adventure, even adventuring for a while. That tracks to, to a point, I guess. Yeah. It's like darkness. Um, and then charisma is your spellcasting ability for these spells. This all kind of adds on to that. Um, and then draw weapon training. These guys are proficient in rapier, short swords, and hand crossbows and things like that. So almost like your basic rogue character. Mm. So these guys are your traditional, like, assassins, your fighters. Like, these guys are built to be warriors. These are warriors of Lulf, is what these guys are. Yeah. Um, and I, weirdly enough, I keep using the term guys, but it's actually run by females. Oh, it's a matriarchy. And, like, yeah. a scary matriarchy as well mm-hmm. um males are a, a subspecies they are seen as being just the most useless nonsense we mate with them to procreate and propagate the species other than that they serve us our wine yeah and if they step out of line we will kill them today yeah it's great <laughs> i love that i chose drow for that reason however <laughs> I am very mad and disappointed that I chose that I was going to research more drow for one reason and one reason only. They are spiders. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. 
which I hate. But um, so that that was part of Lolf's curse, right? Yes. So yeah. fits with the whole Black Widow thing, though, which is essentially what their women are like. So yeah. it all fits in the same kind of yeah, theme. Yeah. So, um, but to, to add on to that, they're basically taught as soon as they're born that they are superior to anything else. Like, and that's kind of what they're drilled into them from what a young age. What in D&D is not taught that it is superior to everything <laughs> else when it's born? But with them, it's very specific to as well, like, the day dwellers. Like, the ones that are upstairs. Like, the ones that are in the light. They know that they're specifically better than those folk. In fact, they are known to make raid parties to capture them for slaves. Yep. Like, that's a big piece Ooh, of their... They're big into slavery. Yes. Like, that is another big thing for them. So this is kind of like if you were to have, like, a team of adventurers, they would be camped out at a random camp one night, and then this is how you could introduce them at night. They get attacked by a bunch of drow who are gathering slaves, and you get taken into a, a town that is basically... Yeah, in the Underdark. In the Underdark, right? That's how your team might end up there, right? That's a good way to introduce drow, in my opinion, for that aspect. Um, <clears throat> they also, because they worship Lolf so much, they look for weird little signs in everything that they do yeah. to, to praise Lolf. Like, everything that is blessed to them is because of Lolf. That's their, like, connection. So, anything that happens, they see a web and they're like, mm, praise Lolf. Like, they're just like, Ooh, Penny! Ooh, praise Penny. Lolf. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Like, their shoe is extra clean from, like, the shining. It's like, mm, play, praise Lolf. Like, it's God. always because of Lolf. Yeah. Yeah, almost to a fault, really, which I find hilarious. Um, and Lolf is one of those ones where she praises really high and then she also punishes deeply. Like, there's no real in-between with this gal. Yeah, yeah, she's bipolar. Yeah, so she either, you're either doing and performing really well and yeah. you're being well rewarded, you're getting promotions, she's really good at being that upper management and where she promotes probably the people that shouldn't be promoted and then is hating on the people that are probably doing really well, but she's, they just did that one thing to piss her off, so yeah. she's never going to promote them. It's a, but it's also sometimes in, 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 in those types of work, being adventurers, I know what that is, if you're too good at something, you're going to stay there. Like, yeah. look, hey, look, you are a really good lockpick. <laughs> and therefore, I need to keep you as a lockpick. Yeah. <laughs> you can't oversee the rest of the you're party. You're good where you are, so... Yeah, good, I, that's... I, and that's the best place for you, sweetheart. So. It's like, Bobby, I really know that you really want to be in HR, <laughs> but you're really good at what you do. So I'm just going to keep you here. Yeah. So thanks, bud. Right? But um, that's kind of a big piece for her, though, is like, even if you are performing well, she'll actually take those that are performing well and then actually pin them against each other in these big championship competitions. Yeah. So it's almost like there's a punishment for being good at what you do. And then if you lose that but punishment... It's, but it's also a blessing. Like, yeah, they're happy about it. Yeah, They're stoked. They're like, yes, absolutely, praise the Lord. <laughs> like, every drow has, has dealt with gaslighting at this point, right? Yes. Like, that's what's happening here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's to the point where even if you lose in this, even though you were one of the strongest warriors, if you lose, you become a drider. And you become banished, and you get like pushed out of the town. Right? And a, a drider is just the most horrible kind of centaur in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's half drow, <laughs> half spider. This th thing reminds me of kind of my opinion on like uh, the Death Eaters in Voldemort, which was I would always just want to be middle management. I yeah. would always want to be fifth row at yeah. the Battle of Hogwarts. I don't want to be the grunts that are going forwards, and I don't you know I don't want to be the people at the back that are not important. I just want to be like the assistant I, I manager. Can, I can picture you in the fifth row at Hogwarts with you holding like a stick, not a wand, a stick, going 
Pew, pew. I'm doing it too, guys. I'm going to be over here. Coffee break? Yes. <laughs> exactly. If you can get the shift, which is away from the main part yeah. over there somewhere. Yeah. Go and watch that hill over there. I'm there. Don't worry. I'm on it, boss. I'll see you in a bit. Right. Uh, yeah, but I think that you, you would even more than that be like, oh, I saw it when one of the kids went, went the other direction. I'm going to be going to be over here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, or that even if you're fighting one of the kids and like you start to they start to win you're like look dude don't be a fucking dick my boss is on my fucking ass yeah. <laughs> I'll let one of you go okay but I gotta kill one of you don't be a fucking dick dude just one no. <laughs> there's two of you there are twins <laughs> too oh. soon too oh, soon no. we don't we don't even when the ginger mom looked at, I forget her name even when the ginger mom looked in the mirror, she still saw them both together. Because even in her worst nightmares, they wouldn't be apart. So, whatever. Oh, sorry. Are we still talking about Harry Potter? I don't know what's yes. happening. Harry Potter. I was, I was like, what? Um, Megan, we're talking about Harry Potter and Nazis. Oh, all right? God. <laughs> what podcast did I show up to today? Um, but that's the thing about the drow is even though she punishes the way that she does, they are still going to continue to fight for it. They will never be satisfied with middle management. They will oh, keep yeah. fighting to be at the top. And, like, they don't give a shit. Sounds right? like a lot of pressure to me. Yes, it absolutely is. But luckily for the men, they get to be middle management their entire lives. So, yeah. congratulations. Well. <laughs> Sorry, right, innit? Well, they get a decent benefits package. You get yeah. laid. <laughs> you are getting laid, yeah. You are getting laid. <laughs> but, yeah, for the drow, there is a lot of, like, almost sub-gods. There's a whole bunch of more stuff to them that gets a little bit more in-depth. Like, if you think complicated elf, this is a complicated elf in my mind. Um, but that's the basics, like, in, in my mind of, of what a drow really is and what it represents. Yeah, I think that the day-to-day societal stuff that drow... You can, as a DM, dig deep into drow society. Yeah. And because the, there are noble houses. And mostly they get along, but each noble house will have its own... It's own trade, really, that they focus on, or mm-hmm. or their own identity. And if if this house doesn't like that house, then they will be at war with each other. And it, but it's all just like, like uh, you know, Lady Olena from from Game of Thrones. She just sits back and like, like gives Cersei shit all of the time. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like that could have been Drow society. Yeah. That side. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where it's just. It's just old women snapping and sniping at each other all of the time, and then and then once in a while, one of them gets murdered. Yes, and it's not uncommon for them to not even not only murder other house houses, but murder each other in their own house to get a, get ahead. Yeah, right. It's very common to murder each other. The other thing we didn't really mention with Drow is that they've got a really strong link to the abyss and demons. Yeah, and um, to the point where they have uh, uh, dragloths as well, which are just huge, creepy half Drow, half spider beings. Not like Driders are, but these are demonic monstrous they're usually male um creatures that are born out of out of horrible rituals and a pregnant matron um like drow matron uh gives birth to this uh creature with a demonic uh ritual around it as well and then this thing is is created to be the biggest and best hunter because it's got demonic blood and it's got four arms and it's just horribly vicious i think it's in volos if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um but the and then they will sick it on other houses and then when it's completed its assassination mission they go lock it in a closet till the next time they need it again mm-hmm. right and it's not really taught high society it's just a beast that they have birthed and it's an abomination and they will send it out to do evil horrible acts and then just keep in the basement again right yeah. like 
It's they're really horrible yeah. in many many ways, and we're not really talking. And, and there's this veneer of high society about them as well. Yeah, yeah, above them. So they're like posh assassins. Yes, like everyone is a very posh assassins guild in their own way, in their own right. Yeah, and then they're just pinned against each other constantly. I kind of wish I would enjoy that more if it was like the Drow were in the Shadowfell. I would enjoy that more if they were in like the Gothic castles and stuff and doing all that kind of stuff. Well, the joys of their cities is they're basically built from the cave itself. Mm. But they do say that, like, the carving is done by magic. And so it's actually, if you think Elven City, it's like an underground Elven City that's built into the stalagmites and the stalactites. But it's carved in such a way that it almost dwarfs dwarven oh, building. Oh, oh, I got it. <laughs> um, because of its beauty. So even though these are dark, dangerous, like, assassins, they appear... And slave masters. Slave masters, like... like it's so weird that you would walk into this city and not know that at first. And you probably wouldn't know it unless you knew drow history. You would probably walk into this just thinking it's a dark version of an elven city. And you'll probably think that these guys are wonderful and nice because they're telling you to take off your shoes and clean yourself up and look presentable and really look nice. Until you start seeing the weird hints. Like maybe their slaves are wearing certain like, like collars, collars and, and stuff. Yeah. And you start realizing these weird ticks. Where suddenly someone gets murdered and someone just drags the body away and no one bats an eyelash. Like, you just start seeing these dark, sinister things as you're getting deeper into it. I like the idea, too. I mean, most D&D players at this point know what drow are, right? (laughs) Um, But I I like the idea of you having new players that have no idea what they're getting into. And they walk in to the drow city. Like, oh, yes, uh, please leave your weapons over here because there's no violence within the city. Um, In order to have violence, you must be a uh, card-carrying member of this guild over here. So, please, your weapons over here into this locker. Here's a combination. Only you can get to them. Uh, Through here, we're going to get you into the processing room. And then they just lead you into their, like, slave camp. Yeah. And you've been processed. Mm -hmm. And you didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. And there's an anti-magic field. And you're fucked. And you're fucked. I love it. Yeah. And now we fast forward six months into the campaign and everyone's lost a bunch of con and a bunch of hit points. Yeah. And <laughs> and they're all like kind of scrawny looking and now they've got to like fight their way out. I'm going to, yep, I like it. Yeah, like there it. you go. All right, so then let's dig into a little bit more just as from a player aspect. Would this interest you? Do we want to roll? Sure, sure. yeah. Probably win. Ooh, I got an 18. You got a 1. I you, said, you said I'll probably win, so you got a 1. Uh, I, I rolled an 18. It was my turn. As a player perspective, yeah, absolutely fucking not. I just I'm the exact opposite with the Shatter Kai. Like I hate them as a player, and really actually quite like them as a as a DM. I the sunlight sensitivity I think is going to cripple me for the entire campaign unless I'm in the Underdark and I'm not interested in that kind of campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, I don't like the idea that if I play. I don't want to play a female character because I know that I'm never I'm never going to do it justice. Mm. I'm always just going to be playing a dude with boobs, right? Like, yeah, we've talked about this on, on the podcast in, in the past, right? Where it's just hard to represent someone that you're not. And I wouldn't. I, every one of my D and D groups has a number of women around the table. I wouldn't want to just be like, oh, I I, I want to go back to town. I want to go shopping. Shit, should I have said that? <laughs> Fuck. All the females right. do this all at once. Just. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> Even though they're going, you literally just went shopping. <laughs> you said you were excited because there was a sale. 
<laughs> oh lord! But I, I just, I need new armor. That's what this is. <laughs> this I just is. need some new shoes. I just look at them; they're just messy. <laughs> I'm just like fuck off. <laughs> Do you have any elven boots of straw? Die. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I couldn't do that. So, I, but I don't want to play a guy, a male drow, because I know the DMs is going to be like, so a female drow shows up. Ah, fuck. damn it! <laughs> God, fuck! I'm yep. All right, I'm going to be sick this week, guys. Yeah. I'm just not coming to play. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like that as a from a player. And of course, you're always in the shadow. For those of you who are who know, you're always in the shadow of Dritzt. Mm-hmm. and. We haven't said his name yet, and I don't really want to say it again. Can't yeah. believe you said it. Ah, because I mean, you got to acknowledge it. It's a, it, there's Drow being talked about. Yeah, he's just the the rogue with a heart of gold. And R.A. Uh, Salvatore did a great job writing him. Fantastic. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm just past that in my life, and We've I don't done need it to now. Go back yeah. to it. We've done it. Yeah. I will never do it as well as he did, and I'm and I will always feel like I'm trying to. So. That, that's me. Mm. I would not enjoy it in a regular everyday campaign. I would think that I would, again, the sunlight thing is kind of a killer. Yep. So if you're just a regular adventuring group, you're going to be that guy sitting under a parasol the whole time and you can't really help in a battle because things are always in the light. Well, I feel like you're asking, are, like, how, how much shadow are the trees giving? Yeah. And who's, who's standing nearby? And I'm tired of asking that question already the first time. Yeah, yeah. like session one, you're like, I hate my life already. And you yeah. just don't want to continue. And you'd almost like look over that stuff and then DM would be like, you're fine. Yeah, or, it's just not going to work. Because it's like, okay, well, let's go to the cave network and the human fighters going, well, I'd rather not. Okay, well, geez. Okay, that's kind of where I want to be, but that's fine. I've yeah. been having too much sun. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been outside for like six sessions now, but sure. Don't yeah. need a tan. However, I would love to play in a campaign that is just like, you are a group of drow in... The Underdark. Mm. Play the High Society, like Legend Play of the Five the Rings. High Society, yeah, just do it. Like, you're all in different houses, you're all pinned against each other, like a one-shot. Let, 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 let me tell you a story that I came across on two separate um, sites. I was looking up this, uh, about Drow Society before this this episode, and I came across the same story. So I guess this is in the lore in a previous edition. But when there are two matrons or, or female members of, of, of two different houses... And they both like the same male. They will fight. They will sabotage. They will completely destroy each other's houses. They will do everything in their power to undermine that that person in the most vicious way possible. Yeah. But then when... And that male cannot show preference to one or the other. But he doesn't want either of them, being honest, <laughs> given this society. Yeah. He's probably like, look, I'm going to have a hard enough time with this thing as it is, so... <laughs> But uh, but then when it is time to uh, to actually like finish this, when you get bored of it, when it's time you like somebody else, or you're just done with this, hey, you know what, you won, or I've obviously won, I'm done. The way that you signify it is you serve your opponent on a on a tray, the severed head of the male that you argued about, and then the opponent says, oh, okay, yes, we're done, and that was it. That was the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking batshit. Yeah. And I don't like it. And I don't want to play in that game. I want to play in that game. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Not I would not play it as a regular adventuring game. But if it was like a one shot where you were specifically drow, I think it would be fun. Hmm. That's me. I thought for a long time about whether or not I'd like this. And I was, I was like, no, no, no. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. But this might be the time where I might try and play a female character. And I would play Cersei. I would definitely go full Cersei with mm. a with a with a female. Which season? Trial. That's very important. 
uh, led a batshit crazy Cersei, but, okay. still, but still collected. You know, oh, so like, after the whole shame thing, so uh, when things yeah, started yeah, yeah. after after the whole shame thing, when, when things started off. to turn, yeah, um, because I can still be expressive in what I want to do. I could be crazy, but I'm. It's Cersei is. It's Cersei could be male or female, and it's going to be the same character essentially, right? It's just a, it's a, a batshit crazy person um, from high society, uh, and yeah, there was the whole thing because she was a mother and stuff. But I feel like that doesn't need to be part of my story. And so I would maybe do female drow Cersei. You could just like for the my house, right? Yeah. And just go go crazy over the top with it. Yeah, I think I would. It's just the, it's that same old thing, right? It's the whole sunlight sensitivity thing and, and how to get around that. The problem with drow is that their back, their lore is so over overly complicated. But the way you can play the character is is overly simplified. It's like you're from the underdark, so you live in a dark city. Uh, you're male, so your life sucks, or you're female, so you're a crazy person, and uh, you can't go out in the daylight. So do as much as you can with that. Spoiler alert, you're a rogue. Um, you know, and where do you go from there? It's like they have this big, complicated history, but how much can you do with it really, okay. in the game? All right, I got a question. I understand why there would be a male drow running around getting away from this society, right? Like, oh, I'm on the surface world to escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about what? Why? What would a female drow be doing on the surface? Why would that even be a thing? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, and that just that it starts to fall apart a little bit. You have to have a strong motivation to be a female drow on the mm, surface. So uh, this was kind of a part of one of my character ideas. Okay, all right. Did I jump? Well, we can wait till that. A little bit, but I can I can play on that a little bit. Sure. Yep. Wait till that. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll answer that. Well, it's your sub race, so you can tell us when we get to All that. right, deal. So why don't we just ask about, would you do this as a DM? Would you introduce drama into your games? Yes. Same order, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's it's so weird. I like anything that comes with this with the set of rules to it. Fey, devils, drow, angels. There are There's a weird mentality, and your players have got to think outside the box. It's not just bandits. Mm-hmm. Or that prince is evil. Or we're going to go slay the manticore. Right? The, when you get to the dragons and they're all fucking weird too, right? They've all got bizarre mentalities about shit. I like these this weird rule set. And everybody likes to be the hero that destroys the slavery ring. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just good. You're just lawful good, and you're you're kicking some. Unless you're Adam's Tuesday night group, in which case, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I walked into yeah. that group and I was like, "Wait, we are the slavers? Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that was the, there's. It's gotten dark there. Good. Yeah, good. it's gotten evil. But no, it was it was a. Uh, I don't know. I like the drow as a almost as an environmental issue that has to be overcome. Yeah. Their society needs to be broken down and dismantled piece by piece. And by the way, they will summon demons to fuck your life up. Yeah. And not not little demons either. Like they're coming with the big guys. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I don't know. I also really like the spider imagery just because at any table that you're around, Megan, just gag a little bit. At every table you're around, there will be at least one or two people that have their skin crawl with the with all of the imagery of spiders. Well, you pull out a mini and drop it on the table. And if that person isn't paying attention, you go, hey, what's that? You can watch them shiver and and, and nearly vomit. And I think it was like our first session we ever played. You dropped spiders on the table. I know. Like, it was like 10 spiders that you dropped yeah, on the table. You can really creep people out. Like, spiders don't bother me too much. Like, I mean, I'm not a fan, but... Yeah, I'm not a fan of them, but I mean, like, the way you can play things out, if you get that, that soft female voice playing the spider that's just toying with you, like, it's just awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, the only thing that I dislike about the drow, and like, let's paint the picture again, that there's this intricate noble society of rich women that own everything, that have slaves do everything for them, and it's a bunch of nearly queens and empresses dealing with each other in any given time. And it all gets undermined by the fact that they're four foot ten. Yeah. It seems really weird to me yeah. that they're so little. Yeah, you're but right. I, I want them to be tall. I want to look up into the eyes of of the drow matron of the house, whatever. That like you almost want to believe that they are, maybe they are superior. You want to be able to question that, you know? Like, but like physically superior too. I want I, like I want to be consistently scared that they will overpower me as well. But I just feel like if I can punt one across a room, yeah, it's been undermined. Yeah, you're a little absolutely bit. right. It does it ruins it. It just it ruins which, it. Which is why. The uh, the Dragoth and the the Driders and whatnot need to be more imposing. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Because I mean, also elves typically hundred to hundred forty five pounds around about there, right? They're just leaner, kind of humans, maybe a little bit shorter. Yeah. But if your um your, your drow is coming in at hundred and ten pounds, for like it's just not gonna yeah. No whisper of a thing. A breeze will blow her over. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna be, not gonna <laughs> this be is why underground. There's no breeze. <laughs> <laughs> but but I really like the idea of the fact that that, that that's why it's all political. Yeah. Right. Is and that's why they're they're sending their people to do it and and bring me this, fetch that, do this because they know that they physically in a fist fight they're not going to be able to take on even the Shatter Kai. Right. Like it's the yeah. Drow are going to get their asses whooped. <laughs> they rely on stealth and speed and subterfuge in order to to make up for these shortcomings. Get it? So uh-huh. we did. But it, it ruins everything to the Dan. point that. <laughs> if your people are generally shorter, everything about your society reflects that. So it's like if you went into the meeting, the political meeting, the chair and the table. <laughs> slightly too small. Just a little bit. You know, like those tables that are just an inch too low and they fucking annoy you when you can't get the arm it, to the it's, chair. It's really it. weird that the halfling and the gnome and the goblin are still pissed off they have to climb up on the chair. Everyone else has got their knees around their fucking ears. Yeah. Except the dwarf. Yeah. Who's like, this is the right height. This, <laughs> this is what, is yes. Finally, finally. You know what? I like it I here. Feel I like underground and shit. All right, look, we're I friends. Love the artistry. <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, just in the middle of this, like, intense negotiation that can go south any second. And then all of a sudden, like, the human just like, I'm sorry. Can Is there any way I can adjust this chair? Like, I can't do this. Like, this is ridiculous. My knees are coming up to my nipples here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, me as a DM, I probably, I definitely would use these in a campaign. Mostly because you can use them in a lot of different ways. You can either get as complicated or as simple with them as you want. It could be something as simple as you come across a dryer on the surface at night. And so now you know there's a drow city probably somewhere nearby because they usually don't wander far because their goal in life as a dryer is to get back into the society. So you can use something as simple as that to introduce a drow. Mm-hmm. You can introduce them through just raid parties in the evening or just small things here or there. Or you can get as complicated as you end up in the Underdark and now you have to deal with this weird society like we've covered a few times. But I just feel like because there is so much and you can do as complicated or not as complicated as you want, it, it's a good, easy introduction for something different and fun to roleplay as a DM, I think. Yeah, I feel like I want to visit the Underdark just for the novelty, just to get the t-shirt, essentially, but I don't want a six-month campaign in the Underdark. No, well, like, I'm just... I don't, you know? It's a lot. Yeah. Would you use them as a DM? Uh, yeah. In and out. Kind of a whack-a-mole type thing. Yeah. Raiding parties coming in, then we're going, then we're coming, then we're going. Uh, because it's because, like what I was just saying with Adam there... I can't take them too seriously because I just have this imagery of I am not intimidated by them, mm-hmm. even though everything is political and it's all intrigue. But a lot of the races are, yeah. you know, it's uh, it, for me, I just I can't believe it 
You know, mm. I can't believe it because there's no... That Goliath Barbarian is like, fuck off. Like, what? You're just inconveniencing me. Move out the way. It's only when the Driders get involved that it gets it gets believably scary for me. True enough. Um, so for this, I don't think we need to really go through roleplay tips on this one because I feel like it's very similar to any of the other dark, sinister creatures. So why don't we just roll and talk about one of our interesting NPC ideas for these guys. Sure. Oh, I'm last. Okay. Oh, you're first. 17. Interesting NPC idea. Obviously, I wasn't prepped for this because I didn't know which way we were going to do this. Uh, yep. This, But I feel like, yeah, we talked about earlier, maybe trying to find a reason why a female drow would not be there. Would not be there. And I think it would be not necessarily drow, but maybe some sort of changeling that for some reason had to implant themselves in that society and has been living that facade for so long. And now needs to get themselves out of that society. Uh, and that's just coming off the top of my head, bouncing off some kind of inspiration you guys were talking about. But uh, I would I would want to have it something to do with a female drow and for some reason trying to escape. And it may be that that person was never supposed to be there in the first place, but needs everybody else to believe that they are supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. What about you, Adam? Sorry, an NPC? Yeah. Honestly, I would have... So you know how everyone plays lawful good? I mean, they're supposed to when, you, when you're when you playing D&D. Everyone's a murder hobo, right? But in theory, you're supposed to be upholding the righteous society of the king or yeah. the people or whatever, right? And yet we're fucking murdering bandits in the street, left, right, and center. Without asking any questions, without no. any proof. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, you're judge, jury, and executioner, and it's... And you don't even all have a moral code that you're following together. You're just... You just happen to be hanging out and a dude where the other gang's colors walks up and you're, well, fuck it, we're going to kill everybody here. Yeah. yeah. Right? At some point, you're going to get into the idea of non-lethal damage. I would really push that forward because you can do that with any with any weapon, right? Where you're doing, not a, not a bow and arrow, not a crossbow, but non-lethal damage. So you're, you're knocking people out and tying them up and dropping them off at the sheriff's station or whatever. Sometimes you're out in the road, though. And you don't have anywhere to drop these guys off. And if you just leave them hogtied on the side of the road, doesn't that just condemn them to death? Yeah. So what about the drow that comes by and says, hey, look, I run a prison. I will take these bad guys to prison for a small fee, just like five silver pieces per head. So they they cough up 25 silver and they, they get taken away. All the bad guys get taken away. And it isn't revealed until, I don't know, sessions and sessions and sessions later, uh, maybe five or six levels, that it's a prison camp and it's they're being enslaved. And every bad guy you've defeated, like with an intelligent race in the last six months, is still alive and hates you and you've sold people to slavery. Mm-hmm. And are we the bad guys? Yeah, that's always the question. <laughs> it comes up a lot in Adam's games. Yeah. So I really like that idea of you don't telegraph it. Anybody who's played D&D before goes, oh, I know what this is. But they're still going to go right along with it and be like, yep, no, it's fine. Because we're all murder hobos, mm-hmm. right? Until we're taught otherwise. So I like the idea of teaching this really... Uh, first of all, teaching a lesson that, hey, don't kill. And then also teaching a lesson of, so what do you do with the bad guys then? Yeah. Yeah, true enough. And it, and it makes... See, I don't know why we're consistently slaughtering goblins. You could just fight the same goblin band over and over and over again. They just keep showing up and stealing your shit. You knock them out and get your shit back. 
And then they come back four levels later. Yeah. And now we've got a friend that's an orc and we're going to come after you. And now we got two bugbears and hey, we got an ogre now, right? And yeah. they're leveling up when you're leveling up. And you, you guys are going along with this. I, I want to see shit like that in D&D. Mm. I don't know why NPCs and monsters do not retreat or surrender when they get to 60% hit points. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guilty of fighting to the death. Most of my monsters will fight to the death. But, I mean, there are some that are just straight up fucking cowards that will run away. Don't you think they should? I mean, maybe not Maybe not a drowned man if he's got a woman behind him yeah. with a cat of nine tails. But, no. like... I like the idea of them keep coming back. You're right. It's, it, that, that relentless enemy that keeps coming back that's not a Rakshasa. You know? Yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's me. I would want that that pretty charismatic slaver that never uses the S word. Yeah. Right? He's just... He's a warden. Or I'm going to take him to the warden. Right, I'm just a lieutenant, and it's my job in, in the Queen's army. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Excuse me. Um, my NPC idea kind of bleeds into being like a character idea because you can kind of use it for either or. But um, we're talking about why would a female ever want to leave? This is my theory on like a character I would build or an NPC I would use. Is this character was a female? Fought hard to get to the top. Lost one of the championship battles. Was going to be turned into a drider, and she escaped. So she's not a drider yet, but she's being chased and is going to be turned into a drider. And so now she needs to get out before it happens. Yeah. So she ends up escaping to the surface. And then we didn't really get into the sub-gods, but one of the sub-gods and the only good sub-god of these, I can't pronounce his name, but it's like Alistra, uh, Alistre. But he's actually a chaotic good character. It's written right here. Oh, I Idris just can't Elba. pronounce can, it. It's Idris Elba. Can you pass me the floor, please? <laughs> But um, it's like the, it's most of like the a moon god of some sort, and so she would find that like solace in that god. And I'm almost thinking of building a cleric out of her. Mm. So that would be a weird NPC, like a weird PC to build. Is now a chaotic good cleric that now her job and duty is to gather any of the drydens that have been banished, and she has an army of drydens behind her. But she's actually a chaotic good character. Okay. So I feel like that would be either a good NPC to run into as a group because she looks very menacing with this giant spider army behind her. Mm -hmm. And so she looks very menacing and scary, but really she's actually there to help you. And she's just a liberator. I like it. Yeah. Love it. Something different. Cool. Do you guys feel like we've talked around enough or was there anything else you wanted to add on them? Mm. No, that's pretty much. Do you guys have a unique build? That was kind of my unique builds. No, no, but like for for a player, like what, what... Don't don't pick rogue. <laughs> it's very unique. Adam. No, but you got me think. I don't have one, but you got me thinking about the idea of a cleric. Yeah. Because what I like about clerics over warlocks is that the the power imbued on you as a cleric is not always your choice. It's this god or goddess has given you this power and said you have this now. And uh, by the way, I'm real. I, you know, so uh, please do everything I ask you to. And so for a drow, especially, you got me thinking about what if it came from a deity that wasn't one of theirs strictly. Yeah. From, you know, from whoever, Saren Ray or something like that. And now they're leaving because they're being called to this deity, which has given them this power and this mission. But it's not completely clear to them. They just know that they, they have to go. They have to go and do it because they're being called uh, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Nice so there you go. What about you, Adam? <sighs> I don't know. Like, it, honestly, they seem built. Yeah. For rogue and ranger, I like the idea of the drow um, artificer. Um, I would have uh, like here's my my male drow that that leaves from drow society and manages to escape and doesn't want to go back and 
and he has given up magic because I can replicate the same thing with my intelligence, and I can build this over in the corner mm-hmm. and look at this awesome thing. Oh, you can cast fireball? So can I, but I call it a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> grenade. A grenade. <laughs> so so I, I really like that idea. They can still be, you know, looking down at everybody else and... But they're very fearful and on the run, and they're using their own wits to get by. Yeah. And so I really like like that kind of build as well. Of uh, And when he likes you, he will bestow a present upon you, as Lolf does to her subjects. <laughs> Praise be Lolf. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I don't know, that would be my... Blessed be. I like it. <laughs> cool. All right, we'll go to a, a shout-out. A shout-out? <laughs> shout-out? Hey guys, Dan here. Over the past year, we have inundated you guys with our suggestions of who to follow and like on Instagram, and and we decided that for year two, we're going to reach out to you guys and get your suggestions. So, coming off the pile of suggestions is I am Mythica, one word on Instagram. Mythica Von Griffin is an artist, a healer, and a competitive body painter, and she's currently working on showing how gaming prepares oneself for self-improvement. You can check her out on Instagram at I am Mythica. If you have a shout-out that you want to hear on this podcast, give us an email at info at itsabimic.com and we'll add it to the pile. Thanks, guys. All right, so uh, I guess the last one is the... Uh, I was going to say last but not least, but kind of least. There's almost... Yeah, that's, really, that's really hitting it off. Yeah. Half yeah. the people just stopped the episode. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with, with, with the Aladrin... Um, but you know, there's not a whole lot of lore on them. I, I offered Megan ahead of time. Like, do you want to do Aladdin, which are like complicated, um, mechanically, or do you want to do drow, which are complicated, you know, lore? And Megan's like, Oh, edgy. And she got all excited about yeah. it. And she just said edge. <laughs> and then got 35 pages of reading. And I looked at the Aladdin and went, Hmm, three edgy, like striped fingerless gloves. eh, Megan, you know, that. <laughs> so, uh, um, what's interesting about the, Eladrin is that they, they've morphed partway, partway through 5th edition. Now, their lore is essentially the same. They're the elves that, when Corallon um, cast everybody out of his favor uh, after this fight with Loth, all of the elves just kind of went um, to the Feywild. They were very familiar with the Feywild because it was very chaotic. And then their wanderlust hit, and most elves moved off to the wood or the sea or the underdark. Well, not they didn't choose that, but the shadow fell or the high elf area, high elf plane. Yeah, high but <laughs> the plane of air, <laughs> the plane of dank weed. Yeah. Um, but then there was there was the Eladrin who stayed behind in the shadow fell, not in the shadow fell, in the Feywild. Um, and they are the exact opposite of the Shadow Kai because they are just passionate about everything. And they've got one basic thing that makes them different. And it is they can swap between different aspects of themselves where they were, they will physically change with a long rest to represent a different season based on their mood. Or it doesn't even have to be a mood. They can just say, Hey, I want to be more winter tomorrow. And each one of the seasons has a different weird mechanic and ideal around them. Not, not really mechanic even. You look different. And you have a different mentality for a brief period of time until you swap to something else. And so I like that to a degree, but it seems like an extra level of fucking complication. It's a yeah. lot to manage. 
It is, and every day, what season are you today? Yeah. From a DM perspective, as you're sitting there describing the party entering, and you start to describe the Eladrin and their winter clothes, they're like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm spring today. But right, that's the thing. Right, it's just like right. even if you go on and you play a couple of games and you for, keep forgetting to mention what season you're in and all of a sudden you go into a situation where it'd be convenient to be a certain senior season. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I definitely woke up and I was that season. I yeah. knew we were coming here, so I was going to be this season. I would have put on that outfit. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And and here's the thing. <laughs> Floral for spring. Yeah. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Uh, Eladrin <laughs> sit in the same kind of, of conversation that Janassi do as well. Because there are four different kind of of, of Genasi and there are four different kind of Eladrin. Each one is based on like the seasons or the elements, depending yeah. on which one you're talking about. And I often get them a little confused in my own head um, until I remember that Eladrin are just the highest of high elves, and they are they look down at every other every other kind of elf because we are the superior. We are the closest to the primal elves, to the first ones. We are the most blessed and we can change our form as Corlon wanted us to. And so they've got two different stat blocks. They've got the DMG one. Ugh. Yeah. And good. Good. This one, this one is really simple. You get an ability score increase, your intelligence increases by one. Yeah. You get proficiency with the long sword, short sword, short bow, and long bow. That is identical so far to the High Elf. Yeah. Okay. Whereas the High Elf, which we talked about before, gets uh, a cantrip uh. and a language. You get Misty Step once per short rest. Hmm. Mm, I, mm. Uh, if D&D, if you could play into the languages more, I would love that. But it all gets forgotten with tongues and stuff right and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate for me i talked about it before and so i would probably go for misty step yeah because that is i love misty step i'm a fan of the misty step yep, i use too. it a lot in any character that can so i feel like if i just get that inherently yes i can only use it once per short rest but sometimes that's all you really need it for and you don't have to take a spell slot for it that's right Do you yeah. no 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 oh, you just get it, it once it's in yeah. your ability yeah so then yeah so um there's really that's that's it mechanically that's what they get as a sub race. Okay. Pretty simple. Yeah. Until you get into the fact that you can change. Now let me let me go through this. I'm gonna go one season at a time because Mordenkind makes it a little. I'm flipping back and forth between pages, but here let's start with autumn. It's the season of peace and goodwill when summer's harvest is shared with all. Makes sense. Pretty straightforward. You can choose. Four, or one of four autumn personality traits listed in Mordenkainen's and one of four flaws. And it's stuff like, I'm only going to read Megan's <laughs> over it. Yeah. So wait, sorry, when you build your character, do you pick one of the four and you stick to it? Or can you pick one of the four anytime you put on your autumn outfit? Yep. Good. <laughs> yep. It doesn't really get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's it. I, I, it. It does say uh, these are these are personality suggestions for a ladron of each season. So even this is not hard and fast guidelines. It's just you should be more like this. For example, um, I'm going to pick one at random. Uh, you share what you have with little regard for your own needs. That, that's one of the traits. That's really nice if you're an autumn. Now keep in mind, if you choose any other one of them, your generosity goes away. 
I think that's hilarious, actually, because I think it would be a lot of fun to play. But yeah. then, like, just a mood swing. You give somebody <laughs> something very valuable. The next day, character. what the fuck are you doing with that? Yep, and, but then your flaw, <laughs> give you your flaw is you spend excessively on creature comforts. <laughs> oh, cute. Right? So, like, some of these are, are a little interesting. I'm warming up to this a little Okay. Bit. Hedgehog, I'm a role Hedgehog well, slippers. All right. Well, uh, because you're, you're warming up, let's go to summer. Okay. Uh, it's the season of boldness and aggression. In a time of unfettered energy. Mm. Micro bikinis. Okay. Banana hammocks. A little smaller than a regular bikini? <laughs> Micro part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eye patch. Do they get smaller? It's like an eye patch. Is it just pasties and like just a leaf? like a strip. Oh, God. I'm glad that no one else could see that. That only Megan and I had to put up with that. <laughs> I fucking was visual. Zoom- I Megan. <laughs> I took my thumb and index finger and I traced the line of a micro bikini over my nipple. Thanks for Which in this shirt is rather quite visible. <laughs> I've been very distracted this entire I episode. I'm trying this shirt again, actually, because the last two times I wore this shirt, somebody told me that I look like I put on a significant amount of weight. <laughs> so I'm blaming the shirt because it was like six months apart and only when I was wearing this shirt. So anyway. All right. So, so one of the personality traits is... Uh, for summer, you maintain an intimidating front. It's better to prevent fights with a show of force than to harm others. Okay. Right. But then the flaw is punch first, talk later. But that doesn't line up. It doesn't. Right? You're like these are tables you're supposed to roll randomly on. Yeah. And considering each one of those is twenty five percent of the available options. Yeah. It seems contradictory. But I mean, again, suggestions, right? Like. There's a lot of wish-washy nonsense with the Ladron, and I feel like if you can hammer out exactly who your character is, this takes three times as much time to build the personality and the background and everything else. Um, For winter, it's a season of contemplation when the vibrant energy of the world slumbers. So, um, but you're like depressed. The worst case is the most likely to occur. And you speak only to point out the flaws in others' plans. <laughs> so you were generous yesterday. Then you just punched a dude in the mouth while <laughs> preaching that this is not the right way to do it. And now you're going to ridicule the barbarian for doing the exact same thing with the knuckles you gave him two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the last one, fucking... yeah, is spring is a season of cheerfulness and celebration, and I'm already annoyed. Marked by merriment as wi- as winter's sorrows pass. So spring is, uh, every day is the greatest day of your life. Mm. Can you picture Dan playing this character? I've had this crazy ex-girlfriend, okay? We're now 19. <laughs> I've gone through, it's amazing, now she's throwing plates at me. PTSD. To, all of a sudden she's super hot. To, but, yeah. but the flaw, Terry, th- this should speak to you. A pretty face infatuates you in an instant. But your fancy passes with equal speed. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, done. <laughs> Pretty. It is, yeah. Next. It's difficult living that way. <laughs> so that's that. That's what we have until, well, with Mordenkind and what they gave us, the only thing they gave us was um, uh, instead of it being Misty Step, they changed it. Um, and it's now, it's a bonus action, so same thing. You can magically teleport up to 30 feet. To an unoccupied space, you can see this is the same thing, right? Misty yeah. Step. Yeah. Once you use this trait, you can't do so again until you finish a short rest. We just said that. But when you reach third level, you can gain an additional effect based on your season. Oh. So there's more. 
for autumn, you can immediately after you use your your step, uh, up to two creatures of your choice that you can see within ten feet of you must succeed wisdom saves or be charmed by you for one minute or until your companions deal any damage to That's right, after Misty Step, as though you've just, like, walked in the door, or, like, Beyonce style, like, poof, charmed. Let's go, and people are like, oh my god, who's but this? But that gives it more of, an, like, an ability, less of just, like, a... A spell, right? Yeah. But, so far, and I want, and I want to bring this back to the High Elf, which everyone was really excited to play. This is both Moon and Sun Elves, or High Elves. Mm. They got the exact same shit as an Eladrin, except they got a cantrip, and a, and a language. Now we're getting teleport with charm effects. Yeah. Right? So it's it's imbalanced. It's that power creep in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, for winter, you can... Uh, when you use your phase step... That's what this ability is called, phase step. Uh, one creature of your choice you can see within five feet of you before you teleport must succeed on a wisdom save or be frightened until the end of your next turn. If it's spring, when you use it, you can touch one willing creature within five feet. That creature teleports instead of you. And for summer, immediately after you use it, each creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of you takes fire damage equal to your charisma modifier. So you show up in a burst of flame, which is going to be three, four, five, somewhere around there, right? I feel for one of these guys. Yeah. It's mm. pretty cool, though. So this feels a little bit powerful, but I'm really trying to balance which one I'm going to be on any given day. And the personality, like, okay, so I really want to do fire damage because we're on the, I don't know, on the plane of, of some sort of cold. We're up at Icewind Dale or whatever. And so so I want to do all this fire damage. Everyone's going to be vulnerable to it. And this is going to be fantastic. And bang, I go and I do it. But I also have to be angry the whole time and throw punches while it, <coughs> like, you seem, it seems really weirdly conditional. Yeah. yeah and I don't like, anytime something offers a small amount of damage, I don't typically go for it because I think, as you go through the levels in the game, the wisdom save abilities are probably going to be more valuable to you than that three points of fire damage against the ogre. Yeah. You know? So let's roll, guys. Do, does this interest you as a player? Oh, I rolled a 20. Good, because I have feelings. What's that? No, okay, good. Uh, you got a six. You're yeah. going to last. Okay. Sorry, friendo. That's all right. I would not play this. Okay, why? I am not a strong role player in a lot of aspects in the sense where sometimes I can barely wrap my head around one type of emotion to play for a character, let alone having to change it every 10 minutes. I would want to kill myself. And I get, I understand that it's usually like per day you would change it. So you'd probably go through a whole day playing your campaign in the same season, but I would not be able to deal with it. I feel for you, Megan, because I've DM'd you for a couple of years now, I see you as choosing to always be the blank, um, whatever it is. I will always be Autumn. Yeah, definitely. Until there is a, like, uh, one of the other PCs dies, and now now it will become winter because I'm full of sorrow. I'm mad. (laughs) Right? And then, and then, and you'll, you'll go through it. Now I'm, I'm angry because we've been in prison and I will be summer the next time I wake up. Yeah. And I feel like you would make character choices and it would indicate over weeks of gameplay it would indicate what stage your character is going through. Yeah. But these would be long-term decisions and it wouldn't be an overnight thing. No. You're not juggling this 10 times in a session. You're just like, you know what? Right now, I'm sad. I'm going to be sad for the next eight sessions. Here it is. Yeah. And now you physically, you can see me being a winter. So, or, or yeah. like I'm a summer. So you're going to stay the fuck away from me. Like you've learned that if you piss me off when I'm a summer, you're going to get punched. Yeah. Right? Eh, maybe. You're, you're swaying me a little bit, but I still don't think I can handle the bipolar aspect to it. 
Okay. That's just me. Um, I wouldn't play one of these because why would I? Yeah. There's nothing there that draws me in. Hmm. I think that it's really fun for some people. I know the kind of player. I, I have one on Sunday and I have one on, on Tuesday that would absolutely love to play this shifting, chaotic kind of, hmm. of player. Uh, of this kind of, uh, of sub race. But that's not for me. I want to I want to have moment by moment interactions. I don't want to have a really sad thing happen, but I got to be cheerful until I, I have my four hour trance. Mm-hmm. Fuck off! I want to do my thing. Yeah, yeah. this is right? great. This so, is wonderful. So <laughs> while you're saying that it's it's happening too much for you, it's it's not enough for me. I want to be able to to swap it on a whim. Yeah, based on my environment, my circumstances, and I just think that that would be that, that would handcuff me as a role player. Hmm. True enough. Yeah. Um, yes, I would play this. Yeah. I thought about it really hard. I think the important thing for this type of character, it gives me the variety that I need in life. I mean, we just made a joke about the, the passing thing, but, but it's yeah. true. I like, the, you know, people often ask me, you know, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite this? For, for me, it's just variety. I just want to try different things. I feel like you're a four-year-old that when you ask, like, what's your favorite movie? They just say the last movie they saw. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I watched Rocky and wanted to be a boxer and then watched whatever and wanted to be Batman. And, you know, and and so this gives me that. But I would agree with the DM say, hey, I'm going to play this almost maybe like multiple personalities, but I, will, I promise I will not take over the table. It's just, I. it gives me the fun that, it's because I can't be the DM and play all of the NPCs. I can at least be different personalities based on based on the day, based on the mood. So I can be, hey, no, happy, generous, whatever. And the next day, I'd be like, shut up, you, you prick. Like, just I can. It, it'll give me that little fix. Um, I also like the idea for you specifically because you're very much about your physicality as a character. Every one of the characters that you played has been very distinctive the way that they look. Mm, right? Yeah. E- even Titus, who is just like a, a blonde dude. Yeah. <laughs> was very much the upper crust who held his head up high. And, yeah. and so the idea of having your skin change from red to bronze to, to like a pale, almost blue, yeah. right? And your hair change, um, not even just color, but texture almost. And yeah. So I think that that suits you perfectly. It does because that's where I take my fun in the game. Like Megan, you were just saying, essentially you were saying that this would be exhausting for you. Yes. But for me, it, it's more, it's exciting in that, who do I get to be today? But you have to be fair to the rest of the party. Like, it's not Terry playing D&D and who is Terry going to be today. I think it's just because your personality has changed doesn't mean that you've gone from, like, a sociopath to, like, overly happy person. It'll be kind of subtle, I think. Same yeah. as we all have, the three of us have different personalities, but not one person is taking over the room at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the important part. Mm. Okay, so do they? does this interest you as a DM, Megan? Um, no. <coughs> no? No, a yes and no. So I'm going to say no for basically the same reasons as being a player. I just feel like it would be exhausting to have to deal with. But I think that if I was to DM it where one of my players would want to play a character like this, I would make them lock it down. You can, like, I would say, like, for if you are a spring, roll your table. This is what it is when you are a spring for the campaign. Yeah. You can't just float between the four different things. Yeah, I do. But I think yeah. that's how you could control it. Because if you're thinking about it, not only are you dealing with four different personalities, you're dealing with four different personalities with four different sub options. Well, so, no, eight different options. Eight different you have options. four traits and four flaws. And remember, those are just suggestions, too, yeah. right? So you can make your own. Those are just their guidelines in there for, for good or for bad. It's also really weird that, I mean, 
the 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 spring one. No, what was it? Was the autumn one? Was it, it listed the same thing in both the good and the bad? Hold on, let me let me flip back to that yeah. page. Yeah, but I think that's how you could control it as a DM. So, like, if you're saying that you don't want it to be the Terry show all the time because you're constantly flipping through different things, mm-hmm. at least there's consistency to it. Yeah. So if a player saw you, you were suddenly a winter. They would know what to expect from your winter, if yeah. that makes sense. What about it um, using this uh, as an NPC? As yeah. An oh, yeah. yeah. I think it'd be fun as yeah. an NPC. Yeah. But not. Def- I would not want to deal with it as a player. I love the idea, actually, of having an Eladrin give a really big, like, William Wallace-type speech or, like, the Aragorn-type speech to yeah. rile everybody up in the battle. <laughs> and the next thing, be like, there is no way we're going to win this. <laughs> like, like, I can't believe they believe the words you that came out of You just brought 10,000 people into this battle. I don't, and I actually, I feel terrible. Like, you, I thought it was going to work yesterday. <laughs> I can't face them. Can you go out and tell them to turn back? Because there's no way we're going to win this. <laughs> and I can't tell them. Today is not the day. Yeah. I am winter it's just not gonna look at me (laughs) look at me (laughs) yeah okay so here it it was the summer one here's the trait you believe that direct confrontation is the best way to solve problems here's the flaw the best option is one that is swift unexpected and overwhelming is that not the same thing yes absolutely so again you believe direct confrontation is the best way to solve problems that's the personality trait here's the flaw punch first talk later Again, is that not the same thing? That's the same thing. Yeah. Like, I know that we're splitting hairs a little bit on the difference, but I would rather that you would just build your own personality around each one of these four seasons. Mm -hmm. Right? Use use them as guidelines and say, this is my sad, this is my manic, this is my my angry, and this is my stoic. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and here you go, right? Like, and, and... Come up with a flaw for each one, right? A, a weird thing that... A personality trait. I don't know. And yeah. I find that... I, I bet even even myself, as a player, at first you would change every day, and then you would forget to change a little bit. And then after a while, you'd be like, do you know what? I kind of just enjoy the winter personality they have, so I'm just going to probably rock this for the rest of the time. Yeah. 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 And it kind of... Even though this is a fantasy game, it kind of loses that realism in the... Look, hey, you used to change every day. Now all of a sudden you've decided that you're not. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you wanna Sometimes know- you just find that t-shirt you want to wear every day. You find that one, right? Yeah. You want to know the reason why I wouldn't want to have this as a DM in my in my campaign even? Yeah. Imagine running a city of these fuckers. Oof. Oh, God. Even a party of three of them. Yep. It is a nightmare. And is to the change to- voluntary? Do I decide yes. I wake up? Okay, but also that goes against personalities, right? Like if you have a very depressed personality, the part the the part of that type of personality is that it's hard to get out of it. So you you know, well, depression and mental health is actually a big thing in the world right now. But it's like, you know, you try to help these people. If you do this, it might help you. No, I don't think I will. And so I feel like the winter personality or whatever would just stay Take like over. that. Yeah. Just, or the summer would be like, why would I change? Everything's great. I know what happens when I go to autumn. Why would I do that? Yeah. So it kind of doesn't line up with that. Yeah. My group hates me when I'm a summer, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, did you guys see Split? I know yeah, Terry didn't. I did, but, yeah. So where all of the personalities inside, he's got 23 personalities, but they're all aware of each other. Oh, I did and, see that. I did. Yeah. And they, they can choose to let other ones come forward and not as well. Yes. Right. I feel like this is a little bit of that. I don't want to play across the table from that four hours a week. That's... Just as a, just as a other player that exhausts yeah, me. Yeah, I know I said I'd like it, but I think I would. You would really I, have I to just, tone it down. You're right. You, you tone would. It down. You would do a great job. I know a couple other people. I think Charlie would 
fucking love Charlie playing this. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Right? So there are some people that would absolutely love this, um, but it has to be within reason. Yeah. And the right person doing it. Yeah. Right. I would almost, if you were a DM and a person came to you saying, I want to play this, be like, think about it. you got to have the right part, I think, as well. I think yeah. this is something that, the, that your Tuesday group would enjoy because it's just a big group of chaos. And so they might, if I did that, they would probably just enjoy it for like the fun reasons that it can be. Yeah. And because it's a shorter session, two or three hours, it's not eight hours of dealing with this bullshit all the time. Yeah. And it gets old. Yeah. But you can enjoy it when it's at its peak and then it's done. Yeah. Okay. So do you, as a DM, you would, you would want this? I would, as a DM, I would have Eladrin as NPCs. Okay. As NPCs. And it would be uh, not a city full of them. I wouldn't do that. It would be one Eladrin that maybe comes in and out that could maybe be used as comedy value, maybe be, you know, um, information value. But just to have it for a variety and to and to do it where I can control it as opposed to just having a PC at the table where it's just, I just do not see how this will work yeah. long term. Yeah, okay. So uh, role play tips then. Megan's roleplay tip is don't. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, like, I, this is one that I can't really help with just because I, I honestly struggle in myself when it comes to trying to deal with multiple emotions for one character. So I would say that my advice would probably be, and what I would do if I had to do this, would be lock it down. Don't get too floaty with it. Don't leave it open-ended. I would structuralize it, but that's how my brain has to carment- car. What compartmentalize compartmentalize yes yeah that that's how it would be able to function so if i am a summer this is what i am if i'm a winter this is what i am see i don't think you give yourself enough credit because i remember when when terry's character duke died your character cora went from like the hopeful we can do anything guys to a really dark aggressive negative that's switch. true i almost how is this, a lot of people yeah, how is this any different <laughs> thank you megan you're welcome right and then as there have been things that have happened you have really changed your perspective for, um, for on the character's behalf. I, I think it took you a while to get to the place where you were comfortable around the table. Yeah. Making those decisions. But I can very easily see you playing someone like this, but it's a long con. You're going to see each one of the seasons once. Once, yeah. Right? Maybe twice if there's a favorite to come back to. Yeah. But but Megan's in it for... for everyone gets... Every one of them gets five levels. Yeah. 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 And then maybe on level 20, I'll just rotate through them every hour. Yeah. And I'll just <laughs> fuck so much structure. <laughs> so much structure like that, I feel like, doesn't work with a character like no, this. No, that's the thing, though, is I'm a very structured person. I have to yeah. be organized. I have to be... I've consulted my spreadsheet. I, and I must, this is how I feel today. I cannot be autumn until the third. Yeah, so. I, have, I have a chart here, and you won't see that person for another three days. So what are you going to do with exactly. this? Exactly. Whereas I'm all about, this is how I feel right very now. Very fluid. I just woke up when I felt like winter. Okay, get off my back. <laughs> I would almost want to see us play this character in the same campaign. <laughs> oh my god. I don't want to do this as a DM anymore. <laughs> Shit. Do you know what this could be good for, actually, is when we do our live play episodes, like the Wizard's Tower and stuff, and the Eladrin gets passed on to somewhat, like, because we all have different personalities. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. now play the Eladrin. Who are you? Okay. Oh, uh, Dan is such a summer. Yeah. yeah. He's just going to kick open the door. You know, I love how Dan plays Oscar the York, who's just big and dumb but needs to solve the riddle every time he gets frustrated if he can't do yeah oh yeah. so the barbarian <laughs> wants to read all of the books yeah, yeah. <laughs> go and collect books <laughs> um I, I guess my role play tip would honestly be know know your motivation and commit to it yeah 
don't be wishwashy. Like I know that you said, Megan. Like don't be necessarily fluid. Know what you're doing um, and and script it out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I don't need to script out exactly the emotions. I need to know why I chose this this season today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I know that, then I can commit to it. And I think whatever happens over the span of that day will make the decision for me about what I will be tomorrow. Yeah. So if I had a bad day as summer, I will be winter tomorrow. If I was really content as winter, I will be spring the following day. And whatever I am will will bleed into the I next. love that. Depends on how the day goes. Yeah. That kind of helps your idea of being stuck in one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, my role play tip is really this is not a character for you unless you're very already very comfortable so at uh, uh, role playing I, I don't think this is the character that is going to help you get comfortable with role playing because I think your improv has got to be real good and I yeah. think you need to be very fluid um, yeah you need to be able to adjust both in the short term and uh, in the long term comfortably uh, and I think you should think about this character as like an Instagram filter okay don't click Clarendon and click post okay click Clarendon then dial it back to 50% okay because otherwise <laughs> it's fucking fall. obvious but it's just freaking obvious when your eyes look like Chris Pine in that movie <laughs> all of them um, so dial it back a little bit so just because you're changing emotion and personality types dial it back Okay, it doesn't yeah. mean all of a sudden mean that you're the happiest person in the world just because you're summer. You're just in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have an NPC idea? Um, I kind of do. Yes. Yeah. What do you got? So I like how I said that I would like everything needs to be in order. But if I was to have an NPC in a game that had this character, I would want it to be as chaotic as possible. Like I would almost play this as a child <laughs> that couldn't control it. I love that. So an NPC that you run into that just, I don't know, I don't even know what environment you would run into something like this. You would probably be in the Feywild. Feywild. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I can think of. You're in the Feywild. Wild. we can find an excuse right? for anybody to be anywhere. So yeah. you're in the Feywild, you run into this child, and every, like, 20 minutes, it's changing what season it is. So when you're speaking to it, you almost have to roll as the DM what your responses are to their questions. Because you're constantly changing, suddenly you're blue, suddenly you're red, and suddenly, like... They're answering your questions cheerfully, and all of a sudden, like, I don't want to answer you. This is stupid. Why am I even here? Okay, and all yeah. of a sudden, they start, like, shifting back and forth. Like, <laughs> I also like the idea. Remember I said earlier about you, um, those that are blessed by Coralon can swap genders as well? Yeah. That leans into the Eladrin, yeah. right? Like, that that totally fluid nature. And they're closer to the to the primal elves and whatnot. So, I feel like my my winter and my winter and spring, are, will, they'll be the male characters. Yeah. Right, so for the NPC that's consistently like swapping back and forth, just consistently like, and then uh, she she runs her hands through her blue hair and she looks at you and says, "I'm really sad about it." And then a moment later, he he straightens his his red tie and says, "You know, all right, let's let's, let's do this. Let's go get in a fight." Let's get a game this is going to be on. the most confusing NPC to put in front of me ever. But yeah. Well, you would have trouble keeping track of it. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's so hot. <laughs> she's <gonna decide. laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I can I picture you two saying, okay, everybody stop, please. DM, because that's who you talk to me when we're playing. Uh, excuse me, DM. <laughs> Am I still attracted to this version? <laughs> I think you would be. That's definitely what you would ask. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a Brazilian steakhouse, whether you change the block based on whether you want them to keep giving you. Yeah. Meat, I would need to see the picture on a cube that turns based on who I'm speaking to right now. <laughs> okay. So I keep track yeah, of it. Rubik's cube that's solved and just flip it. To just yeah, color the needs to be. This yeah. is the face that you're looking at right now. Okay, yeah. okay, I like uh, that. Yeah. Um, I like it's for an NPC. I like the idea of like a clairvoyant, like a tarot card reader or something, because obviously all of these this means something. But 
it means to you exactly how they put it across. Okay, so it could be the apocalypse. But oh, change is coming. <laughs> so that's always good, right? <laughs> <laughs> because they're Eladrin, um, you know, the impending doom of man is probably not too much of a big deal for them. Really, they're fine because there was something before you, so yeah. it's absolutely fine. Ooh, so big change, big change, big change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, my NPC is going to be the ruler of the kingdom. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I t- totally. I've gone in the total opposite direction. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go to Lord of the Rings on this. Theoden and that mm. change from yeah. the old gray man to the revitalized. It was actually still a prick when he came out of it. Yeah. If you asked oh me, yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> that was the biggest anticlimax ever. <laughs> oh, he's actually still a knobhead. All right. Um. <laughs> Can we say knobhead in Canada? I don't know. Yeah, no, Do we need to bleep that out? No, we're going to leave it in. We've never bleeped anything out yet. So, um, but nobody listens to us in the UK anymore. So, oh. um, No, I, I like the idea of um, of the uh, the king who is content and is one, uh, one season and then slowly gets geared up to go to war and you've convinced him over the last few levels that he has some muster's army and he becomes summer and then they lose and he becomes winter and throughout the progression of the campaign you can see how well you're doing or or where the plot has progressed to based on this one person's physicality almost when you walk in the room i'm also imagining the kingdom with its banners anytime he changes mood just blue banners yeah. fall and you're just like shit <laughs> everybody, everybody out <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, it's like a Groundhog's Day thing. Like, did he see his shadow today? Are we are we in for another three months of winter? Like, yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, uh. that's all. That's all I've got for uh, Electric. Yeah. Okay, uh, they're pretty cute. Yeah, I feel like there's still a lot you could do with a legend, though. I don't know. I like the idea of maybe uh, the the Shadow Kai like uh, taking them off to the Shadowfell to suck their essence out of them to suck, and then just leaving them. Um, I was watching uh, the Golden Compass last night. Good movie. Thought uh, you know, like when they get their demons removed from them and they just become like empty shells. It's like, what if you suck the essence out of them? Now I'm gonna say something, and you're gonna get really excited, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna undermine it. I haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen the Golden Compass. I knew you'd get excited. But I read the books instead, and I heard that they were... It's on Netflix now. Is that why you ended up watching it? I was just... It showed up, yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. I, went, I think I like this. You know they're that, doing so. a series on on this, and it's supposed to get real dark and real heavy. Well, that, really? the books were real dark I'm and really yeah. heavy. I'm really into some good yeah. fantasy series right now. I talked to you guys about Carnival Row before and stuff. And I like yeah. Carnival Row was good. Yeah, it yeah. was really good. It's weird because you don't expect people to get older, and then all of a sudden Orlando Bloom is now playing the almost like middle-aged detective, and you're like, oh, you're not... 21 year old Legolas anymore you're old. <laughs> oh, you're old well you look good man yeah. is he still doing this <laughs> squinting and whispering every line <laughs> well that's what they do right that's what they do well that's what Orlando Bloom does this, I, just, I, I, I want I, his eyelids to bloom I just wanted to see what, if he's got irises he grew he grew on me actually as he got older like a growth yeah. <laughs> alright I'm done you all do there you go you're wrapping this shit show up Terry that's it for part two of our discussion on elves. The next time we circle back to discussing D&D races, we'll be discussing dwarves. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thank you for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we are discussing... Clerics! I'm super excited. There are 12 freaking cleric subclasses, and we've done three of them. I can't wait to get back to the rest. I love clerics. Megan, will you be here for that? Will I be? No. 
Dan just walked into the room. Dan will be here. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. Will I be there? The world <laughs> doesn't know. <laughs> the fates don't know. They're juggling that one eyeball going, eh. Hey, Dan, I'm here, Anna. You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening and see you next week. I want to know, because we've talked about each other, I don't think we've ever done Megan actually, but between myself, you Adam, and Dan, which race we think that other people are, Yeah. but I want to know if you could wake up and you could choose to be any race in the D&D multiverse, I realise saying that question out loud, that doesn't sound right, <laughs> you could choose to be any <laughs> D&D race, Ooh, shit. Yeah, which one would you want to be, if you could? Okay, we can, let's roll for it, let's, let's roll, roll for it. it. Pick a die. Oh, I didn't choose one. Terry went with evil. Oh, with the pink one. I often do. Right. That was a good trick shot. I got a 10. You guys got 17s. Roll off. 17s. Okay. Roll off. Oh. All right. Evil nice. goes first. Evil goes first. I think, and this may surprise you, and I've thought about this a lot. I think I might be an elf. And this is because as I get older, I'm not even ashamed of it anymore. I find myself getting more and more shallow where I'm just, I'm just sick of trying to not, you know, just to whatever and accept things. And elves, I just like beautiful artistic things, whether it be painting, whether it be music and elves are just, I like the idea of being surrounded by beauty and, 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 and just everything that's, that's good to look at in the world. And I feel like I would really enjoy that as opposed to waking up as a goblin and living in shit all day. I don't think I would enjoy that. I would never choose to do that. So I think for me, an elf, because it just seems to be, I don't know. So is this just nice? It's just just nice. It just seems to be nice. They just seem like they got everything a little bit better. I think that you missed, yeah, because you weren't on the last episode. So you missed all of the like sorrow of the long lived people that can never really have children and their God ignores them. Right. They know their God exists. And it's it's that whole Arwen and Aragorn thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I'm wondering, is this an, a choice that you wake up and you are this race and you're that race for the rest of your life? Or is this like you get tried out for a day and that's what it is? Oh, no, no, no. There's no tryouts. There's no tryouts. You gotta <laughs> it pick is it. what it is. Okay. You gotta pick it. And you can't say human either, Megan. <laughs> Nobody really wants to be human. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> if we wanted to be human, there would be furry conventions out there. By the way, shout out to all gas, no breaks if you guys follow that on Instagram because it's hilarious. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. It's uh, journalism thing on instagram where they go around at different conventions he goes around different conventions he just did a furry one recently and it was hilarious all right okay you can keep your furry (laughs) shows to yourself megan what do you got i would be a dragonborn really why you know why i would not be a dragonborn so why would you choose (laughs) to be a dragonborn um i just like the idea of being very large and very scary um on purpose and nobody would want to talk to me no one would want to come around me i can live in solitude and I would be a very happy clam for that. Right, well, clearly Megan's sick of her job. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be a reflection. I well, don't know. Well, well, what color dragonborn? Because you get a breath weapon. 
Oh, that's true. Um, Do you want to spit mad fire or? I, it would probably be mad fire. Probably, yeah. But are you going red or one of the one of the metallic? No, it'd be metallic for sure. So gold or what is it? Brass. Brass. I brass. think we just did brass, brass or the other gold. Day. We just yeah. did brass. It feels yeah. like only yesterday. <laughs> it was like two weeks ago or something. When we were like, is this copper? Or are we doing brass today? <laughs> Man, that feels like we just did that. Yeah. Okay, what did you say? Brass. I'd do brass probably. Why metallic over chromatic though? I don't know. I just think that's because not everyone's evil, Terry. Yeah, I just feel like there's no. a little bit more to it, and I think we went over it well in the episode. But we're only good because the law says we has to be, is what I feel like. <laughs> I'm a law-fearing human being, though, so... Yeah, I feel you, like you also missed our, our episode on alignment, which we just did. <laughs> Do I... Am I even here anymore? That's right. It doesn't feel like... I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm going back to the UK. I've got whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Terry's missed 12 episodes. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> you took, like, two weeks off, but they were the two weeks where we... Like, filled up our weekends with recordings. I know. I'm glad people have requested that I come back, though. Yeah, you've got a little fan club. They're all men, but you have a little fan club. Winning. Well, that's all right sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? Right. All right, so I, I got a question, though, before I answer. Am I stuck to the player's handbook, or can I do anything? Whatever you want. Changeling. God damn it. This is why you're not allowed to play to you. <laughs> this is why you're not allowed to play to you. <laughs> but but it, I'm under the assumption that I wake up on Earth in my life and so i'm not picking tiefling because i'm sure i'm gonna get lynched yeah right so i'm gonna go with <laughs> are, we to, are we allowed to say lynched is that a thing we're i guess it's, we oh, it's, a, it's in canada yeah we're, no. oh, we're good we're okay <laughs> yeah um but no i i would be i would be afraid to be a tiefling or even like like a gnome walking down the street people be giving me funny looks and stuff a furbolg is going to turn some heads, right? Goliath yeah. with the loincloth flapping. Yeah. Right? But a changeling, I can go into anywhere. I can look like anyone. I can just go in and take... I would use my powers for evil. I really would. I would I would go take out money in other people's names. Do you know why stuff. I know I would use my powers for evil as well, Adam? It's because I've played by the rules for 32 years. It's not fucking working anymore, all right? And I'm sick of it. You should so, try playing by my rules. I, I think I will, honestly. <laughs> I've all tried that because I remember you said to me a long time ago, you're like, we're kind of all lawful good when you think about it. You know, like we don't jaywalk or whatever. We kind of follow the rules for the most part. Some of us are still assholes. And I was like... Yeah, but I'm sick of that now. It's not working anymore. It's time for the blood orgy. I might be, I might be a supervillain pretty soon. Except there won't be a supervillain because I'm not smart enough for that. I'll just be a petty criminal. <laughs> That's you, it. You, can, not a very you can be one of my henchmen. How, how would that be? <laughs> you know, I am not wearing a mask. I just did my hair. That would be me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. <laughs> okay, you're done. Get it. <laughs> when I was on the way here, my boss texted me and she said, why does it look like you shave your legs? And that's all the text said. And there it is for proof. No context to that at all. I didn't say there are any pictures. No, but for why? But why? <laughs> I'm very fair-haired, aren't I? Very fair-haired.